warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 286. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk, Brad. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the leftovers. leftovers. All right, Jake. Uh, yeah, we just got done recording our uh, Godzilla Podzilla. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. Oh, no. <laughs> Godzilla King of the Monsters episode with uh, Scott Schutte and uh, Daniel Hepner. Daniel Hepner should have our uh, review for Rotten Tomatoes up very shortly, I would hope. Uh, so we'll hopefully have our... Jake, I love the fact that we are now uh, Rotten Tomatoes reviewers, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It really does, you know, feel like we've got, got to the next level. Yeah, we, we have a voice now. Like, our, our vote counts, right? Yeah, it's not just shitty basement podcast anymore. <laughs> it's, you know... Shitty basement official Rotten Tomatoes podcast. Exactly. Now. We affect movies. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I remember like, uh, Brightburn came out, uh, last week and I was sitting at a 58, uh, healthy, not healthy, 58%, which is 2% away from a fresh rating. But Joe Stark gave it that rotten review and it dropped it down to a 57% momentarily. That's awesome, man. Joe Stark felt the power. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He was fucking like He-Man, raising that goddamn sword in front of Castle Grayskull and saying, I got the power, and he fucked it up for about 1%. And then I think uh, moments later it went back up to 58. But, you know, we're not alone this week. We are joined by, uh, I don't need, I, I don't even know how many times he's been on the show, but Old Man Shooty, welcome back, Scott. Gracias, gracias. I believe... This is the fifth time, fifth so I'm time. wondering where my red jacket is. <laughs> You're part of the five-timers club. <laughs> I'm a five-timer, bitch. <laughs> yeah, we don't do jackets. We actually have a lovely scarf for five-timers. 
A scarf. Color? Ah, you'll find out. Oh, okay, great, cool. This is news to me. You gotta me. be in the club. This is news to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can man. get you a scarf too if you want, Brian. Nah, I'll pass on the scarf. Yeah, scarves. Scarves are nice though, you know? They are nice. It's a nice accessory. <laughs> they're making a comeback, that's for sure. They are. They're making a, they're making a comeback. Layers. Layers during the winter time. Jake, how many layers are you rocking during these uh, cold winter months here in Illinois? Oh man, quite a few. Probably at least three or four. I don't know. I'm already, I'm already three or four beers in and we haven't even started the regular episode. So this will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I already feel more in my element doing the regular episode than, you know, hearing Scott and Dan just go to town on the Godzilla stuff. <laughs> yeah. They did. It was a, it was a Godzilla orgy with, between those two. <laughs> if I was going to hit end call if you said Godzilla again. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it. It almost came out. <laughs> I could tell. No, these guys were filleting each other over Godzilla. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, it was a sight to see. Yeah, it was. Good for the ear pussy. Scott, what, what, what's wrong with you? I hear, an, <laughs> I, hear, I hear an echo. What's going on with the echo? I don't know. I feel like I'm in a cavern. Oh, you know what? Um, let me check my mic. Hold on. Oh, God, here we go. This guy. Ooh, Every this time. Is not a Godzilla, yeah, yeah, just like, I don't know. Previous four times. I should have learned. Yeah, I'm putting away the scarf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have lost all scarf privileges. <laughs> oh, I, maybe he fell asleep. No, I'm just checking to make sure I've got the right mic. Cause I have a mic on um, on my camera. We went to the camera. And I wonder if it's switched to that. So I'm trying to figure out how to how to fix that. You guys keep talking. And I'll make sure I've got the right mic. That's it. A lot of fun. A lot of fun you're, you're bringing to the podcast. Nothing <laughs> 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 like a good audio hypothesis, right? Oh, man. Uh, At least I have a hypothesis. Did you get, uh, Scott, what, what, uh, what, uh, I don't know. You're, <laughs> don't ask Scott questions. I know. He's fucking around with his mic right now. What or what? Ask me a question. That's fun. I, when, I, when I went to see uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, had a lot of great trailers before that, man. A lot of trailers that I hadn't seen in the theater before. I got the Joker trailer. I got that one. Did you sure. also get the uh, Terminator Dark Fate trailer? I no. did. Yeah. Good. Sounds like we got the same trailers before uh, we watched uh, Godzilla, the King of the Monsters. Did you notice that the Joker trailer was not in widescreen? It was a 4 by 3 format. I did not notice that. I did not notice that either. Yeah, it totally was. It had the black bars on the side the entire time, giving it the kind of like that, uh, I don't know, that 80s feel. It was weird. Sneak, I, sneak peek. Is the whole movie going to be like that? I don't know. Is it going to be like, uh, you know, uh, Joe, what's it, Jonah Hill when he, uh, the mid 90s movie where it was all, uh, four by three format and you had the black bars on the side? I would happen to think no, but I felt like they, that's just like, uh, what they did for the trailer. It was weird. So, yeah, I am on the wrong mic. So, um, uh, we'll pause for you so you can get on the right okay. mic. All right, pause. Oh. Welcome back, Scott. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I sound better now? You yes, do. Yes, yes. Yeah, there okay, was. Good, good. Yeah. I don't sound like the big asshole that I sounded like before. 
No, he still sound like that. Yeah, okay, like, that's right, a better sounding audio quality asshole. So that's right. The echo's gone, you. but the asshole is still very much present within the episode. That's, that's great. Well, then that's cool. We can continue <laughs> recording. Yeah. If anything, the asshole is even called. more clear now. Yeah, it's almost as if you've had a colonic with on the episode. The ap- the asshole is one hundred percent shit free. Um, yes, we have a microphone enema. Microphone enema. Yeah, there you go. Um, Jake, do you want to do iTunes reviews this week? We only got three. Oh, please. Let's All go. All right, here we go. It's time now for iTunes reviews. First iTunes review comes from uh, Bats440, and it's uh, titled Great. It's a five-star, and it goes on to say, fucking great. Really? No stars? I said five stars. I mean, for the, like, they got unbleeped on the fucking? No, they put the at symbol where the U would go. Mm, He's succinct. It's succinct. Clever. Okay. Right. It's pretty good. Short and sweet. Yeah. Yep. Next one comes from uh, Joe Schmoke. And it's titled Bean Pod. It's a five-star review. Keep up the great work. Just wanted to say one of my favorite segments is the Tube Talk. It's not a segment name, Jake. I have no idea what he's talking about. Tube Talk is like, I guess, where we talk about TV stuff, but we've never formally like labeled such segment as Tube Talk. It just kind of fits <laughs> into good pop, bad pop, correct? Yeah, I've never heard anyone call it that tube one time talk. on the show. Yeah. Okay, so Tube Talk was a segment on the Supercast. Yeah, it's the wrong fucking show then. He's got the wrong fucking show. So he, how many stars did you get when he meant to review the Supercast? Five stars. Okay, well, there you go. All right, dude, you're listening, totally reviewing the wrong, give it to the right podcast. Like, just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I hope that he gave the Supercast a one-star review and was like, I hate good pop, bad pop. <laughs> I'm going to have to check out their fucking, uh, yeah, I hate good pop, bad pop. Oh, my gosh. He goes on to say, you guys have introduced me to to, to many great Tupperware shows. No, he he's familiar with okay, the show. Okay, he's, okay. Familiar, he's familiar with the shows, not so familiar with the segments. Oh, damn. I, that was a good joke. Lines, it, li- it. lines are getting blurred here. He, go, he says, I think he's confused. Uh, you think? I think so. <laughs> Guy fucking had a stroke while listening to both shows or something. Like, does he listen to them at the same time? Yeah, at like four times speed or something. <laughs> yeah. The hell? You guys have introduced me to many great Tupperware shows, so I thank you all. So I thank all those who have appeared on the podcast and shared their opinions. By the way, can you play the Podbean bumper for me one time? It really makes me laugh out loud. I'll go ahead and play the Podbean bumper. Uh, you guys won't be able to hear it, but I'll play it. Where is it? No, I don't have it available. You're not getting your wish, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. If I don't get a laugh at it, then he doesn't get it either. Uh, Maybe I'll play it next week. We did get a new Podbean review a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I just have not read it. Um, These reviews suck this week. 
Uh, that second one was way better than Babs, though. Yeah, Babs was kind of... That was lazy writing, wasn't it? Yeah. Fucking great. It's great. Yeah. Thanks, Tony the Tiger. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. Uh, this next one comes from Boy Yeats World. What's Yeats? What's Y-E-E-T? <laughs> what's, what's Y-E-E-T-S, Jake? I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's, it's like slang, you know? Is that what, what's um, the slang for, dude? You're hip. You're hip to the. Let me scene. give you the Urban Dictionary and see what they're gonna say on it. Yeah, on what's Yeats? <laughs> All right, it comes from Boy Yeats World. Uh, <laughs> it's a term used to express excitement. Ah, okay. Yeah. Or a dance. It was a viral 2014 dance. I thought it might be, you know, my cousin Vinny. Like these two Utes. <laughs> The dance inspired various memes and popular or popularized yeet as an expression of excitement. I don't know. I'm not excited about this review now. It's an it's like an exclamation, like instead of woohoo. How would you yeet. use that in a sentence? Give me the fucking sentence they use on Urban Dictionary because I'm not seeing how this works. It says um, the dude from example one just won his race, and dude says yeet. That is fucking stupid. That's wicked stupid. <laughs> Who the fuck says that, Jake? Would you would you say that? I, hear, I actually hear yeet. I see yeet quite a lot in like the memes and just like jokes and culture and stuff. You know? No, I don't know. Yeah, I like you hear it. Like Kanye says it here and there. Yeah, not like I'm following Kanye. Yeah, I hear. I hear. I hear you. I, I it. I'm not disagreeing that it's stupid, but I guess it's a little bit more normalized for me than you guys. Well, there's no guessing about it. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you really need to guess. I mean, Scott, like, you know, how far does your yeet, like, background go? Mine goes back to five seconds ago when I fucking read uh, this guy. I was going to say about 20 seconds ago. Yeah. Exactly. But I think it's going to be the word of the podcast. <laughs> Boy Yeats World may definitely make Yeats. me laugh. Oh, don't do it. No, I'm not going there. I'm not allowing this. <laughs> uh, we'll talk good oh. pop, bad pop. Yeats. No, I'm not. No, we're not getting a new rating of Yeats. <laughs> Term used to express excitement, especially used in basketball when someone has shot a three-pointer that they are sure will go on the hoop. Holy Yeat, they made it. <laughs> are you serious? Are you fucking kidding me? Like I've never heard anybody on ESPN go, "He's going back to the line." Yeats. They should. No, they should not. <laughs> no, they should not. That sounds terrible. It that sounds... sounded. That sounded just stupid as fuck. Yeah, it did. It's ridiculous. Jake, you should I'm, be ashamed. I'm, I apologize. That even came out of my mouth. Can we edit that out? I, I don't know. It goes on to say, "I'm a middle school teacher, so my life is pretty busy." So he's hanging around middle school kids. That's probably where he gets this yeet shit from, right? All these fucking little, little kids running around yeeting shit all day, right? <laughs> that makes sense. Jake, Jake, would you say that you are yeets in the sheets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's, uh, that's something to be. It's something to strive towards, you know, <laughs> being yeets in the sheets. <laughs> So you're catching on. I am kind of catching on. 
<laughs> I guess I to say it's refreshing to go from hearing kids at my school making pee pee jokes to listening to grown adults making pee pee jokes. Uh, the show has exposed me to many new shows. I especially wanted to thank whoever recommended the podcast, The Soundtrack Show. I've been listening consistently since the Infinity War episode and laugh each week. Uh, one of my fondest memories is, you done, JJ, which makes me laugh every time I think of it. Uh, it would make my day if you could tell that one more time. Keep doing what you're doing. Jake, I don't know if I can do the whole you done, JJ thing um, on uh, on command. No, I think you have to build up the emotion to get that yeah. kind of like raw comic level there. I, yeah. and I wouldn't want to hear you try to like just summon it. Yeah. Yeah, summon a yet done JJ. <laughs> it's it's got to be organic. It's got to be, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's got to come from the heart. It's got to come from the heart. You know, I, it's, it's not like, like Gary Coleman uh, he wouldn't do uh, what you talking about, Willis, on command. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's yeah. Just, no, I'm it's, not doing it. I'm not doing it. Oh, come on, man. Say it. Yeah, it, for me, it's not about like, uh, you know, I look at the past and like, you know, like, uh, these past things that I've done and I kind of resent them. Like these, these, uh, these past catchphrases are what define me. I don't look at it from that angle, Scott. I look at it from like, you know, if I'm going to give you a you're done, JJ, I want to deliver on that. You know what I mean? I want to deliver on that. I want to make sure that like my catchphrase, you know, you had, uh, uh, you know, what you talking about, Willis, and uh, did I do that? Like, I want, you know, like the Urkel. I want to make sure that when I give you, you're done, JJ, I want to make sure that I deliver on that. That it just fucking, like, boom. Fucking, you feel it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's not that you're not try- not willing to give it out. It's yeah. that you want it to have all the passion. Right. I want it to have all the passion, and I want it to, like, yeah, I want you to, I want you to, I don't know, I just can't do it on command so i apologize they deserve the full jj is what you're saying they just they yes the full service jj mm-hmm. all or all or nothing mm-hmm. they deserve um, the I, yeats in the sheets with the you done <laughs> jj <laughs> the full yeats the full ye- all the yeats yeah remember the full monty you remember that movie yes Jake? i was yeah, just for sure that yeah good uh, movie okay <laughs> no, what's funny is Scott was actually thinking about that like ten minutes ago. Like it just happened. To, it happened to come up now. <laughs> I'm always thinking about the full Monty. Always. What was the song they used? Wasn't it a famous song? Leave your hat on. I'm pretty sure that was the song that they had. <laughs> oh man, yeets. <laughs> Oh no! This, I, now I'm not. I'm not feeling eats anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it'll oh, come man. back. I'm sure we're gonna bring it back. Yeah, we'll bring it back. Uh, did it ever leave? <laughs> I don't think so. Is Yeats, I think it has to stay one on could for only hope it did. I've never seen a Yeats meme. Jake, who are you hanging out with? That's throwing. <laughs> hold on. Who are you hanging out with? That's throwing out Yeats memes. <laughs> I see some pretty terrible memes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm worried about your company, sir. <laughs> you should be. You should be. <laughs> mm. Mm. 
All right. <laughs> Scott, thrilled to have you on this show. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Very good pop, bad pop heavy this week. But we do have some other news that I do want to discuss. So I guess we're going to go ahead and jump into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Oh, Jake, my, you, know my, you know what my nightmare is, Jake? <laughs> you know what my fucking nightmare is? Uh-oh, what? Being on this show, and I, you know, I've spent the whole week putting the, uh, putting the notes together, curating our list of notes and bullet points that we're going to discuss throughout Good Pop, Bad Pop, news, Marvel news, DC news, and Star Wars news, and I accidentally deleted. Tell me that didn't happen. No, 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 no. That's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's my, you know, like right now, I feel like fucking Alex Trebek on Jeopardy with all the fucking answers in front of me. I'm looking at that little card with all the answers and I, I'm fucking, I'm swinging my big fucking brain dick around the place, right? Cause I got all the answers in front of me. But man alive, during an episode, you know, I drink on this podcast constantly. From the time we hit record to the very end, I am imbibing. And so like one of my biggest fears is like throughout my drunken, uh, I don't know, uh, my, my drunken rampage on this show that I accidentally hit something that deletes my notes. And then instead of being fucking like Alex Trebek with all the answers in front of me, I'm like Chuck Woolery. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was your go-to shitty show host. <laughs> oh my God, you're on fire. Swinging your big brain dick around. <laughs> Isn't that, wouldn't that be frightening though, Jake? Like all of a sudden, like, boom, <laughs> my notes are gone. And I'm just like, oh, uh, like, you know, somebody sucked the yeets out of the air. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could always do a Gene Rayburn and go, um, today we're going to talk about blank. Oh my God. Scott, literally like 10 people listening got your fucking Match Game 78 reference. Gene Rayburn was the fucking shit, and everybody on that show was drunk or high as fuck, no. and uh, it's great. You, sir, are the Charles Nelson Riley of PCL. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, man. That show, fucking, uh, what's his name, from uh, Family Feud, Running Man. Oh, Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. Oh, yeah. I loved him on that show. Fantastic. Yeah. What, what, why are we, t what are we talking about match game 77 and 78? This must be our tube socks segment. <laughs> Yeet! <laughs> I don't know. This episode's terrible already, isn't it? Alright, guys. Um, I, good pop, bad pop. I was gonna review a movie called Always Be My Maybe. It came out on Netflix on, uh, the 31st of, uh, last month. I have not watched it yet. Gonna watch it tomorrow. I will review it 
on CNITcast. I am going to be appearing on CNITcast with uh, Keith, uh, Keith, Steve Kova, and <laughs> Keith. I, I, now I'm, I'm, I'm shipping them as a power couple. <laughs> Kova, that, that's a great power couple name. Ko- Kova and Steve from CNITcast are now Keith. <laughs> Oh, Jake, oh, I hate my myself. It's oh, ridiculous. man, I wish them the best in their endeavors. <laughs> I do, too. Uh, but I will be on ScenicCast. I'll be appearing on ScenicCast tomorrow, so that episode will be up later in the week. And uh, I will have, by that time, watched Always Be My Maybe, which is a movie on Netflix that stars Keanu Reeves, Ali Wong, uh, Randall Park, Daniel Day Kim, uh, and then Casey Wilson from Happy Endings. Uh, if you remember that show, it was amazing. And I love Casey Wilson. I think she's fantastic. So I'll be talking about that one. Jake, been catching up on, I've been watching some anime and catching up on some anime. Uh, I, uh, I want to say that Demon Slayer is still kicking ass. Just amazing. Just an amazing new anime. This is, Jake, you gotta get on this one, buddy. Yeah, I do, I do. And I, I've been really sorely lacking watching any anime lately, and I know you've hyped on that a lot, and I've seen a lot of other people really enjoying it, so I do need to check it out. Animation looks gorgeous on it. It's, it's, the animation's gorgeous, the story is amazing. Uh, let me just throw this out there, that, uh, you've got a guy whose family was killed by demons, and he has one remaining surviving member of the family, who is now a demon that he carries around in a box on his back as he goes around fighting demons and he's looking for a cure. That's all I'm going to say. This is so good. This is such a fantastic anime. The animation is beautiful. The action scenes are beautiful. Um, I love this show demon slayer. And I don't do this. I'm not the kind of guy who buys figures and toys, but Crunchyroll.com had three figures from Demon Slayer that are going to be released in October. Jake pre-ordered all three. Oh, nice, nice. Crunchyroll usually has pretty good deals on that stuff when you pre-order it, too. Yeah, so... It doesn't feel like you spend too much money to get some really high-quality figures. I mean, they're not very much toys, but, I mean, they look really good just sitting on the shelf. Yeah, and I'm not the guy that does that. Like, I, I don't go out and buy a ton of figures. Like, all the like most of the figures that I have are things that, like, the Leftover Army has sent me, and I thank you for it, but uh, I'm not that guy that goes out. But this show, I, I absolutely love, and I've fallen in love with it. Jake, One Punch Man Season 2 started it, watched about three episodes of One Punch Man Season 2, and I was like, this is just not... It's good, but it's not great. And so I kind of put it on the back burner. And then a few days ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to binge these next five episodes. And I did that. And uh, I'm glad that I did. I'm telling you, you know, I wanted more Saitama, which is our main character in One One Punch Man. And we got a little bit of Saitama, a little bit of humor. And then the next, like, three, four episodes, kind of like, you get him, but... You're focusing a lot on this tournament. You're focusing a lot on the monsters. You're focusing a lot on this new villain that they have. Um, and then I'm telling you this last episode that they had was just incredible. A lot of payoff. And the next episode, like the cliffhanger that they leave you on in the next episode, I cannot wait to return to One Punch Man Season 2. So... I mean, 
and, and the humor's back as well. Like Saitama enters this tournament, and he's not as himself. He's entered the tournament as another hero that's been injured that entered the tournament for heroes and uh, martial arts fighters. Saitama wants to learn martial arts. He wants to know, like, what's the big deal with martial arts and the moves in martial arts? So there's this tournament, and different heroes and martial artists have entered this tournament. And he's posing as another character throughout this tournament, and the character has hair, so he's put on this wig. And as you're watching this, he's worried about the wig falling off. So he's holding onto his head the entire time. The commentators that are commentating on the matches are bringing this up. And you also, but, and you're hearing them like, oh, he's, he's, he's guarding his head. He's guarding his head. He's worried. He's not fighting back. And the whole time you're getting his inner monologue, how he's worried that the wig's gonna fall off. Jake, it's fucking hilarious. I, I'm dying during these episodes. It's so funny. It's come, One Punch Man season two, in my opinion right now, it's come back. It's good. It's great. I know it's got like a new animation studio. Everything's different now with it. But Man Alive, these last few episodes have really just ramped up like the humor. Um, and uh, this cliffhanger that they left us on in this last episode was fantastic. So if you're not watching One Punch Man season two, it's available on Hulu. If you have Hulu, definitely watch season one. It's on there too. But Jake, I'm telling you, jump on this one too, dude. Yeah, I, I'm one of these people that have kind of like turned my head away because of the new animation studio, and maybe I just need to get over that and give it a chance. Yeah, you do. You do. I, I, I was right there with you. I was like, okay, here we go. Like the second season, they've had their troubles, and I definitely felt like I felt like that was evident in the first three episodes. Jake, it's you got. I'm telling you, it's it's a slow burn with season two. I, I feel like it's just finally hit its stride, and I'm I am there. I cannot, dude. I am just counting down the minutes to this next fucking episode, dude. Yeah, yeah. One Punch Man is is pretty fantastic. So I, I've read most of the um, actual Viz issues. So yeah. yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. I need to get back to it and just get over it. I mean, that happens all the time. In a lot of these long form anime, you just got to get used to the fact that the animation studio is going to change here and there. Yeah. Well, and there was such a long break in between seasons, too. It's really ridiculous as to how long we've waited for the second season. Yeah. I feel like the franchise itself kind of lost a bit of heat. It was really, yeah. really, really hot and picking up steam during that first season. And then they kind of missed a little bit of their bubble. I know. it's It, it was so yeets that first season. <laughs> and I'm, it, was, it was all the yeets. It was <laughs> hashtag all the yeets. <laughs> Jesus. What, well, I just got used to, like, fleek being a thing, and it's gone, and now it's yeets? Oh, my God. I Googled fucking uh, yeet memes while we were talking about uh -huh. it. I had to stop, man. It, I, I got the giggle so bad from it. Oh my god, you're like, you're a goddamn teenager. <laughs> you're a fucking teenager, Jake. You're ridiculous. You're a ridiculous human being. <laughs> there was one that showed E.T. Yeah. And then below it, it had Yeet T. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeet T. Yeet T. <laughs> He's all blinked out. 
He went all kind of like laser lights on his eyes and everything. So he's, he's very excited, correct? Yes. yes. That was the moment I had to look away. I was like, all right, back to PCL. <laughs> Yeet! I want you to send me that picture later. I'm gonna throw it up. I'll throw it up on our Facebook page. Oh, dude, I will send it to you right now. <laughs> no, not now. I'll look at it. I'll look at it. Oh, fine, I'll look at it on a break. I, I, oh, I felt my pants vibrate. Uh, <laughs> that means I got the picture. Um, let's see here, Jake. Did you get it? I didn't get the chance to watch it, but I know I, I want to make people aware of it. Uh, the Last Watch, the uh, the Game of Thrones documentary came out. Did you get a chance to see this? I did watch it. Really? Scott, did you watch this? I haven't watched it. I've heard good things about it. I actually heard it's better than the entire uh, season eight. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, what did you think about uh, The Last Watch? I, I liked it very much. Um, it was a, a very long-form documentary about the making of the entire season, and it just kind of felt like really good, you know, DVD slash Blu-ray extras that you get sometimes. You know, it's just about a two-hour-long movie. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, a lot of the stuff they, they they showed was really neat and really behind the scenes. And the kind of stuff that a lot of times you don't even get to see on those special features. I mean, you got to see the characters doing their table reads for a lot of their big pivotal moments throughout the season. And I was just kind of blown away by how... Um, like intimate this whole thing was mm-hmm. like i it was very very well done and yeah if you're a fan of game of thrones even if i think even if you're one of the the haters about the whole thing this is still worth watching just the production level is just so crazy and seeing all the behind the scenes of the stunt coordinating and making all the sets and yeah i i thought this was really cool i will probably this is the kind of thing that i'll probably watch like once every three to four years of my life honestly this was mm-hmm. a giant tupperware for me what do you think about the final episode? I never, we didn't talk about that last week. I, I thought on a, as on a whole, like of all the six episodes, it was probably my least favorite of the six episodes. Mm. Um, I thought the first half of it was super thrilling and exciting, and I thought the second half of it got a little bit like, can I even say, Return of the Kingish, with how kind of long winded it got a bit in, mm-hmm. the, in the second half. Yeah. So yeah, I. I I didn't by any means hate it, but it wasn't my favorite Game of Thrones thing ever. I thought the week before was spectacular. What do you think, Scott, about the uh, Game of Thrones wrap-up? I was really underwhelmed um, by it. Um, I, I, I'm with Jake. I thought it started off really strong, and I thought the acting was really, really good. And uh, I, I just some of the uh, choices that they've made in that final episode. Um, didn't sit well with me. Um, there's a lot of a lot of folks in in the uh, anti-brand camp. You know, King Timmy. Uh, it's kind of what we call them on our show. Um, that kind of stuff. So, uh, kind of anticlimactic. That, that being said, you know, overall, it's a it's a great series, and you know, some really bold writing. I just I don't know if they stuck the landing. That's my humble opinion. I I'm just kind of like confused that. I'm literally just finding out about, about Yeats today. Like, I had no idea, Jake, that Yeats was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised by that. I don't know how long Yeats has been around, but it happens, I guess. 
<laughs> I just came back from the Yeats giggles, and you do this to me. I don't know, man. Is is uh, like like uh, boy Yeats world? And I was like, is this a joke that I'm missing out on? Is is his his uh, iTunes username is boy Yeats world? Am I missing out on Yeats? And uh, Jake, there's a whole Yeats world that I am I have not been used to. Maybe I've seen these Yeats memes. And I just kind of, I didn't know what they meant. And like, they were undercover Yeats memes. Undercover Yeats memes. I think this has opened up a whole new world for me, Jake. Yeah, I think it's a world you could quite enjoy. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, like, Yeetie, I'm there. Like, I, like, now that, now that I understand what Yeats is, I might have to go down this rabbit hole and, uh, check out what's going on in Yeats world. <laughs> Oh man, there's another one where they show a Yeti and they show a Yeti. <laughs> Scott, are you turning so around? Now I have to go look these up. <laughs> yes, sir. Are you turning around on Yeats? Oh, I was in uh, from the beginning. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan now. <laughs> You're a big fan. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. You know, I don't know. The, the, the final episode of Game of Thrones was a, was a letdown for me, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I don't know. It just was a huge letdown. I, I think I, I read the title of an article. I didn't read the whole thing, Jake. But uh, I read a title of an article that uh, George R. R. Martin, that's the the whole King Brand thing is like part of his ending for his book. Did you did you check that out? Yeah, I, I've kind of read a bit. I think he's kind of been a little bit um, wishy-washy on what officially – that happened in the show is still officially going to happen in this book. I don't uh-huh. think any of that can be uh, can be taken as uh, you know cement. Yeah. So easy to make headlines with the uncertainty that's out there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I felt like let down by the like the the final episode, and so. I don't know. Still, I guess I'm still kind of looking forward to the spinoff season, the spinoff movie uh, show. God damn it, I can't even talk. The spinoff show, and to see where that goes. But uh, I, I did read another article that said something about uh, anything that happened at the end of Game of Thrones is not going to be a spinoff show. So it's not like we're going to get uh, you know, Fievel goes west. We're not going to get Arya goes west. You know. Yeah, I, I read right. that article as yeah. well, and I, I think that's smart. So, really, you know? I like in ten years, I would not be opposed to like getting an Arya series, like where they, where she visits. Me I don't know. And, as polarizing as these last six episodes were, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. Like, yeah. after, like I don't think even Arya goes west can like really get people back that were really just offended by what happened here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, people like really took to um, IMDb and was uh, they they really dropped the they dropped the rating score of uh, Game of Thrones after that final episode. What's it? Yeah, what's it at now? I don't know. It was at a nine point four last time I checked. I saw the uh, the meme where uh, it was um, Breaking Bad, Walter White. Yeah, and they got the they got the the score. He's like, I won. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I actually I posted that on our Facebook, but it's been floating. That was around. you. Never yeah. mind. Yeah, it was me. Oh man, 
Yeah, I, 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 it definitely was. It was a little underwhelming. I, I agree with that. But to me, it was really just that last episode that was underwhelming. I, I found everything leading up to that to be quite thrilling. That's, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't hate it, but then again, I'm just, I'm kind of like a casual Game of Thrones fan. I'm not, I'm not as invested as some other people. So. Yeah. I I just think they did themselves a disservice by rushing to an end because the whole story is really a character-driven story and we went from a character-driven story to a ooh we got to get to the end um within six episodes and I, I I just don't think that it it didn't have the same tone or feel as the rest of the series this uh season 8 and even a uh, good part of season 7 because mm-hmm. the writers were in such a hurry to you know, to to get to that end. And I think that if we had the time and the money and the budget to go ahead and just keep telling the story, I, I think we could eventually get oh, to they, that end. They and it would have been way better. They had you know, the I, budget. Yeah, I hear that a lot. And the one thing that confu- – and I get that. That makes sense. But the one thing that kind of pokes holes in that, in that kind of thing to me is like those first two episodes were – huge character studies and very slow paced episodes. And if that was a hurry, that's the slowest hurry of a couple TV episodes I've ever seen. So I don't know. I thought especially those first two episodes of this new season really felt like a return to form of game of Thrones to me. And because of that, it kind of earned to me earned the right to just have some whiz bang boom episodes after that, you know, like the, the whole thing is ending. So I was fine with them kind of just ramping up the excitement really fast, especially after giving us two really thick character study episodes to start with. Uh, were they character study episodes or were they just kind of like um, fan service episodes as far as like, – well, how do I say I this? don't think it were fan service or, or so many things that fans hated. No, I, I feel like it's just like – it's like um, now that we have all these characters together, like – Let's. I'll, I'll, we'll give you that. You know the the Hound and Arya reunion. We'll give you the you know Brienne and Jamie Lannister reunion. We'll give you all these kind of like scenes where uh, you know Tyrion and Varys talking and 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 all these scenes of like it felt like a, I don't. I, it's I'm, I, fan service is the wrong way to say it. It's. It's it's it was less action, but a lot of uh, you know, like we've got these characters together. Let's see how they all kind of like react. And uh... yeah, I, I agree that that's what was happening. But that's kind of the point I'm trying to make is that kind of thing to me isn't like rushed plot moving when that's what you're stopping and taking time to do. Yeah, no, I get that. And that's all that was happening in the first two episodes. I took it as yeah, fan service because I loved it. I that, that's what I'm saying. I, I I enjoyed that stuff. So yeah, yeah, me too. I loved it. I think the issue isn't the first two where there's nice character developments and moments. I especially love Tyrion. Every season, Tyrion gives us a new quote: um, "The perils of self betterment." I think that was episode one, right? I don't yeah. know. Such a great quote, um, but. You know, between the uh, the long night and the end, I felt like uh, we really just kind of put the pedal to the metal and um, character development be damned. We're just going to get to the end. Hmm. Yeah. That's my opinion, but I respect yours, Jake. And you and I had a little side conversation about that, and, and uh, that was great. 
Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I wish the last episode could have stuck the landing in a bit a bit more thrilling and exciting in the second half. But, I mean, that's... Uh, to me, that was the most fan servicey part of the whole thing was just let's show all the, you know, everything's tied up and happy ending type of stuff going on. And yeah. I don't know. I, a lot of people, I, I find it weird that a lot of people are saying, oh, you didn't, everyone should have known they were going to have a, a bad ending, a dour ending. And I didn't think the ending was dour at all. I thought the ending was way more positive and upbeat for these characters than I ever expected it to be. Yeah, are you uh, are you going all Beardy McGee right now? I hear a little bit of Beardy shenanigans maybe. going on. My, my shit's pretty short right now, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit of beard shenanigans, a little bit of facial hair yeets going on right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the documentary, though, was just fantastic. If you were polarized or didn't like the last mm. season, you should probably still check this out i mean on the level of the really cool stuff they did for the star wars prequels and the you know original lord of the rings movies just really extensive you know recordings and early previs stuff and throughout the entire process mm. cool i'll check it out man it's uh, it's something that's been i've written it down like in my uh notes that it's something that i need to watch so i will definitely check it out maybe i'll report back on it um I watched a couple of anime films this week. One uh, I actually bought on Blu-ray a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's uh, the title reads as MFKZ, but it's actually it's the movie is pronounced Motherfuckers, and huh. it's it's an anime. It's a genre mashup. Uh, it's a collaboration of French comic artist uh, Guillaume Renard and uh, Japanese animation house studio Four Degrees C. Uh, the creators uh, Tekken Reet. From Genius Party and uh, Mind Game, uh, the Tekken Dream Team of uh, Shojiro Nishima and art director Shinji Kimura reunite to bring to life a dark but stunningly animated sci-fi vision that mixes anime, film noir, and lucha libre in an orgy of video game-inspired mayhem. The film centers on young Angelino and his skull and flame pal Vins, who it, and Vins looks like. Baby Ghost Rider. So it's basically like a skull boy with like flames coming off of his head the entire movie. Um, who live in a seedy tenement in LA inspired dystopian metropolis, a burnt out gang and cockroach ridden neo urban hell. Following a scooter accident, Angelino starts experiencing migraines and strange hallucinations as well as fits of rage inspired superpowers as he slowly awakens to the truth of his origins. He is half human and half macho, a supernatural alien race that is bent on taking over the planet. Uh, the, uh, if you watch this, uh, the dubbed version, it's got the voices of Michael Chiklis, uh, Gian Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, uh, Jorge Gutierrez, uh, Dasha Polanco, uh, from Orange is the New Black, Riza, Vince Staples, and of course, Danny Trejo from, uh, Machete and, and Predators, nice. and, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this. I, 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 I'm gonna give it a high taste it. I'm not gonna talk too much about this. Um, it's not streaming anywhere right now, guys. You can probably rent it or buy it on like Amazon or YouTube if you want to. But um, it's I I 
bought this one because I I remember G Kids came out with like they did like a Fathom event where you could see this in the theaters and I was really upset with myself that I didn't make it out to the theaters to watch this movie and so I just picked it up on a whim and uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a high tasted overall. The animation is gorgeous. The voice acting is, is spectacular. Um, I enjoyed the story enough. It, some of the elements of the story are um, you've got this uh, Lino, Angelino. They call him Lino in the movie. You know, he's he's involved in this uh, uh, scooter accident. And uh, he starts to see people differently. He sees their shadows and he sees like tentacles and 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 things like that coming off of their shadows. And so there's this complete like there's this alien race that's living among us. And it reminded me of They Live with Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, the John Carpenter film in that aspect. Uh, the the action scenes are awesome. There's a lot of violence in this movie. It's a, it is a very macho, manly movie. Um, but I enjoyed it. I'll give it a high taste. I think it would work better. I would like to see this return as a Netflix series. I think this would be a really fun Netflix series. Uh, it just didn't have, like, I've seen a lot of animes, Jake, these movies that have a lot of heart. And this just didn't have, like, the heart that like I'm looking for. Like I talk all about all spectacle. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's all spectacle. It really is. Like and the, the voice acting's great. Like uh the setting's great, animation's great. Um it's just it didn't have that heart at the end of the movie that kind of like like and that's why I love Lino. It, it, but like <laughs> but I but I did enjoy this. I would love to see this kind of come back as like a Netflix or an Amazon series. Where we just get like 20, 24 minute episodes every week and we get to see more of these characters come back. But, uh, I did enjoy it. I, I, I think it's a good movie. So I will give it a high taste it. Um, this is just one of those movies that I just saw and I, and I watched and I enjoyed it. Now I, I am gonna, next movie I'm gonna talk about is an anime that I actually just literally watched. I, I left the theater and I started recording episodes for tonight. Uh, left the theater. This is another G Kids film that I missed in the Fathom event, but the Art Theater in Champaign, which is the um, co-op uh, independent film theater in Champaign, Illinois, played it just for one day. And I was like, I'm not going to miss out this time. Got a chance to see it. It's called Oko's Inn. And uh, after losing her parents in a car accident, Oko goes to live in the countryside with her grandmother, who runs a traditional Japanese inn built on top of an ancient spring said to have healing waters. While she goes about her chores and prepares to become the inn's next caretaker, Oko discovers there are spirits who live there that only she can see. Not scary ones, but welcoming ghosts who keep her company, play games, and help her navigate her new environment. The inn's motto is that it welcomes all and will reject and will reject none. And this is soon put to the test as a string of new guests challenge Oko's ability to be a gracious host. But ultimately, Oko discovers that dedicating herself to others becomes the key to taking care of herself. Uh, this is. Uh, comes from uh, the anime studio Madhouse. It's directed by Kataro Kasaka. Uh, he's been uh, an animator on uh, many uh, classic films at Studio Ghibli. And um, this, I, 
Oh man, uh, I really like I, the first half of this movie is a high taste for me. Some of the comedy in this is really good, and the latter half of this is an absolute Tupperware. It it it, it has all the heart that I said that like. You know, fucking uh, motherfuckers was missing. Motherfuckers. Yeah, you don't think. Yeah, them. motherfuckers didn't have heart. What are you talking about, Brian? <laughs> With a name like motherfuckers, it's got to have heart. No. Yeah, this movie had all the heart. Like you, you've got this movie. It starts off with this girl, and uh, her parents are involved in this car accident. She's spared from this accident. Her, she loses her parents. She's spared from this accident. You find out later that uh, one of the ghosts that's living within the inn actually kind of like was her guardian angel. And it was – Scott, are you yawning? No, I'm yeeting. That was a fu- – what are you fucking eating right now? He's yeeting. He's yeeting? I said yeeting. You were yawning. That was that was a goddamn yawn. I heard a yawn. Don't even. Dude, yawns don't even exist in the Yeeterverse. I know I'm talking about Oko Zen, which is based like a, the, the characters are at a spa, but you don't – don't you fucking relax right now. I'm going to go grab some spaghetti and yeet balls. I'll be right back. Oh, my God. How long have you been thinking about that one, Scott? Fifteen a good, minutes, a good three, four minutes. God damn it! Scott's like, next time we get back to Yeats, I've got a, I've got, a, I've got a Yeet ball joke. Oh my! You're gonna, ki- you're gonna kill me. You're gonna kill me if you start yawning this episode, Scott. You're gonna fucking kill me. You're gonna fucking kill me this episode. I'm trying to keep the energy up there, and I got no. I can't. Like, like seriously, it made made me want to yawn. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like I'm like, what if I was like a speaker? You know, somebody paid money to have a speaker come in, and uh, Jake, we literally have thousands of people that listen to us every week, and so, like, I'm on a stage right now, and I've got this motherfucker, I just talked about motherfuckers, a movie I watched, I got this motherfucker yawning while I'm trying to talk about this girl's parents that died. What's going on here? It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. <laughs> Who is it? Is it, is it more embarrassing for me? Is it more embarrassing for him? I think it's embarrassing for the whole establishment. <laughs> the PCL brand is embarrassing. The PCL brand has been tarnished, Scott. And you, <laughs> you, sir, you yawned. I have. I'm still awake. So you did not like, deny the yawn. You went. You did not deny the yawn. You didn't go like fucking McShifterson on last week. Yeah, but he wasn't falling asleep. That's right. He wasn't fucking. It wasn't a fucking, uh, uh, fucking uh, my pillow ad where you're fucking falling asleep on the episode. My pillows are really great. Do you have one? Got fucking Tempur Pedic Scott over there getting ready to find out what his fucking sleep number is and go to bed on me. What the fuck, Scott? I'm trying to review a goddamn movie and I got you fucking unmuted, yawning on the episode. <laughs> 58, by the way. My number's 58. You know, fuck my review. Fuck my review. I'm done. I'm done with my review. I'm done. I got- this would be the perfect time to do um, the uh, you're done in this town. No, it's that, not. No, I'm not doing the you're done, JJ. I'm not doing <laughs> you're done, JJ. I, I can. This is where it would be. The energy level. You kill right? it. 
the, uh, no, the no, it's now it's 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 gone from like energy, like to to like excitement. I'm, I went from yeeting. I went to full. I went to yeeting to like full volcanic anger at the fact that like the you that you're yawning on the episode. That hurts. I wouldn't take that personally. Oh my god, Jake! Jake, talk to me, man. I was I was shocked you called. I I, I thought it was a yawn. And yeah, I was shocked that you immediately brought attention to it. And then I was more shocked that Scott basically admitted that's what happened. Yeah, he was like, "Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll deflect a little bit. I'll make this shitty yeet ball joke." And like, no, 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 sir. I could have believed a lie. I think if he would have yes. denied it just enough. How I, I do you deny have. that? You know what I'm saying? You can't <laughs> deny it. I'll admit it. I fucked up. I'll go on mute. Uh, Continue your review, sir. Oh, I'll no, go. I wasn't yawning. I'll, I got yeah. close to the fan for a second. Uh, yeah, like no, I'll go oh, on mute. On. I'll go on. I'll come go on. on mute. I'll go on mute and yawn like crazy as you're talking about this uh, uh, this uh, this movie with childhood wonderment, uh, <laughs> and I will I, I will yawn as you're describing this movie. Uh, <laughs> Again, you shouldn't take that personally. You know I'm old as fuck. This has nothing to do with you, sir. Oh my god, Tempur-Pedic shooty over. Th- anyway, I, this um, where was I with this? Uh, Oko's in. This is a. Mo- I'm, I'm going to give this movie a Tupperware. I absolutely love this movie. Mm-hmm. It had so much heart at the end of this movie. Um, this was a. This was a beautiful movie. Anime. Um, I really enjoyed the characters in this one, the ghosts and the relationship that they had with Oko throughout this movie. Uh, Oko loses her parents and, and a lot of the movie at the beginning was her moving in with her grandmother and I didn't really feel like she had, um, uh, reacted, um, dealt with the fact that she lost her parents and they saved that throughout the film. It, it is addressed later, and when that moment hits you, it really hits you, and it hits you hard. The ghosts in this movie are a lot of fun. Um, you've got uh, uh, a ghost that uh, that protected her at the beginning of this movie, which you find out was a, a childhood friend of her grandmother's. And then uh, there's another ghost who is involved with uh, um, a character from a rival inn. And this rival inn is a very kind of like lavish spa and um you know a lot of people go to there because they have they have a lot of extravagant things and extravagant food and extravagant meals but like this movie also shows you how far like this girl this oko uh she she really becomes the young caretaker the young innkeeper uh, at this, at this inn and all the new people that are coming in, you get introduced to characters that are staying at the spa and she really takes it to heart. Like she really invests herself in this and she, she shows them hospitality and it goes to show you like, it doesn't matter like how big another establishment is. If you give people that personal touch, you give them that personal touch and you really go out of your way to make people happy. Um, what it can mean to you and then like how that how what you're doing to make other people happy like it can also repay you in your life and um i don't i i there's also uh, uh another cool thing about this is uh uh her the rival in is a girl a girl um uh that uh, kind of like helps run that rival in is a girl she goes to school with 
and uh, she dresses really fancy and they call her frilly pink it's it's really funny and there's there's also a, uh, besides the ghost there's a, a demon a funny demon not like an evil demon but a really funny demon that they kind of like um, let loose within the inn and he's always eating food he's always hungry loves love sugary snacks but when they release this demon he also brings a different kind of like wild clientele into the inn so they the business picks up but they also bring in wild clientele and some of the wild clientele is like uh, a woman who is a uh, fortune teller like a soothsayer and uh, she actually starts to form a bond with Oko this is a really fun and imaginative movie. I loved it. It's an absolute Tupperware. It's uh, Oko's Inn. O-K-K-O. Oko's Inn. I highly recommend this one when it comes out on uh, VOD or Blu-ray. So, loved it. Jake, this is one I think you'll want to check out. Sh- uh, Scott, you you would yawn throughout the entire fucking thing. This would be a good one if you're having, like, insomnia you might want to like throw on Oko's in and uh you know you could nod off you know what i mean you can take you can get in the old uh, fucking lazy boy recliner and just nod off doze off for a couple hours it's like okay, I'll go get it right away like, that, that would help the great <laughs> like like it's like watching a golf match on tv on a sunday you know like watching yeah, like watching it, it, like watching uh, bowling matches on espn classic scott me, me, those were awesome. Me, me talking about Oko's I in. I love that. <laughs> None of it works as well as guesting on PCL. God. There are people that would die to be on this show, Scott, and I got you dozing off. I didn't doze <laughs> off. I just, never mind. You audibly, you audibly lo- yawned while I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I'm gonna give this segment the uh, respect it deserves. And, and yawn, Jake. It was an audible yawn, sir. <laughs> and no one's gonna like the yawn talk segment. Oh man, Scott, I'm just fucking with you, man. Mm. I grabbed another Red Bull. We're good. Oh my god! You need no, a, now. Scott's gonna be up till ten thirty. You need to inject the uh, the Red Bull intravenously. Like you need an IV of fucking like Red Bull at this point. It's like it's like a Scott. If you gotta jump off, dude, let me know, dude. I know we run late. No, keep going. This is all good. <laughs> I'm good. You just sit, you sit there, relax, and listen. <laughs> no, I'm I'm listening. This, this is all great. I took notes. This like, it'll help me fall asleep. This is great. Continue. Oh, you're killing me, Jake. I try to keep the energy level up, man. Like, like that's like you know, it, it. It is. It is. It is a psychological thing when you're when you're when you're when you're like like I'm in my element. I'm trying to tell people about like what's new, what's out there, what should you check out. And man, like like I'm sure that there are people that are listening to this program that are tired, that are yawning while I'm talking about Oko's in. But Scott is actually exposing me to that shit, Jake. Should this should this elevate me as a podcaster? Should I should I up it even more, or should or is this like should this defeat me? No, I think you got to find a middle ground. You definitely shouldn't elevate it more, but you should you shouldn't be defeated. I think you just have to ignore the yawn. I'm going to ask you, Jake. Was my assessment was my uh, review of uh, Oko's in that terrible? No, I I mean 
I personally was not getting tired during it. I was I was interested in hearing kind of thematically what kind of a movie it was. Like here, and, you know, I, I yeah. kind of know how those things go. I wanted to hear what the wacky creatures were, and it sounded like they were the, the spirits and the ghost. And yeah, yeah. Think about me as a like right now. Hold on. Think about me as like a, I'm telling you about Oko's in. Think about me as a sexual partner, and this is like me in the bed, and I'm doing things to my sexual partner. I'm like, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like I'm blowing on her ear, you know, I'm like uh, nibbling on her neck and shit like that, and. uh you know, you're, you're you're trying to get something happening, trying to get something going, and then she yawns, Jake. Like, what do you like? How do you feel in that moment? Like, it, you're defeated, right? That's how I felt in that moment as I'm trying to like let everybody know about how it goes in, and I got fucking uh, fucking sleepy dwarf over there, fucking you know. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I would just give up, pee, and go to bed at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying you feel de-yeeted right now? Uh, I don't. I, I feel like I feel like I want to yawn right now just to get back at you. You well, are my good pop, bad pop segment hasn't come up yet, so by all means, go for it. Oh God! Oh my God! I'm trying, Jake. <laughs> oh, can we can we tag team? We got it. We got it. We got Scott. You got someone awake next to you. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe you want a power nap, buddy? Oh my god, that'd be so great. A little no, power I'm nap? A little power nap? Okay, let's tell you what. Let's take a quick break, come back, and I'll try to talk about something a little bit more exciting than a girl's parents dying and her house being, like, you know, the place where she lives being, you know, taken over by ghosts. I'll try to find something more exciting than, than the supernatural ghosts that haunt an inn and a girl's parents dead to talk about. How's that sound? Did I lose everybody? No, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. There's nobody, no, good. nobody's reacting. Like zero. I mean, it sounded pretty exciting. I know. A girl's parents are dead. She lives in a fucking hotel that's being haunted by spirits. I got uh, a fucking Sleepy McGee over there. What, am I, what, am I, what, do, what do I do, Jake? Oh, man. I don't know. Let's take that break. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. back we got more good pop bad pop uh i've got a few more things that i want to talk about but i want to hear what you guys have this week so i'm going to start off with scott what do you got for good pop bad pop okay uh wow um have you guys seen uh the movie on netflix uh perception or not perception excuse me perfection no i haven't I've, i've heard about it this is like are they cello players like are they violinists i don't know what's going on here 
Yeah, so Perfection is a um, pretty wild ride about uh, two troubled musical prodigy. We have Charlotte being played by Allison Williams, and she um, her rival is a woman named Elizabeth, played by Logan Browning. And um, so what happens is that Charlotte was this, like, master cellist, and she was a prodigy in this uh, music school that brings up the best cellists in the world. And then she left the school to take care of her mother. And then um, Elizabeth kind of rose to fame. And they meet uh, at a uh, at a contest where they're going to go ahead and select a new young girl to be their star cellist and bring them to the school. And it starts out kind of like a, uh, Oh, a, uh, cat and mouse thriller where you believe that, uh, Charlotte's trying to get it even with Elizabeth and kind of setting her up to fail and some weird, wacky, wild, crazy shit happens. And, um, it's one of those movies that while you're watching it, you think it's going one direction and then it goes another direction. So it's constantly keeping you on the edge of what the hell's going on. Um, and it's never quite what it seems to be. Uh, a lot of people have been watching it. A lot of people are getting sick, Brian, watching mm. this, uh, watching this show. There's a, there's a scene where, um, uh, Charlotte gets Elizabeth sick. It's in the trailer. Oh, by the way, you shouldn't you shouldn't watch the trailer. The less you know about this movie, the better off you're going to be. That's good. But, to know. Um, I, I love it. I, yeah, I love to know that kind of stuff going into a movie. Where, like if if you shouldn't read the synopsis or watch the trailer, that's good to know. Yeah, pretty much. So at any rate, th- there's some pretty gross stuff that happens. People are getting sick watching it, um, and the endings just way out there i really liked it i had a good time i think that if you like if you like horror thriller mm-hmm. and um you like to have a movie challenge you that this is right up your alley and it's only 90 minutes Perfect. so if it's you know 90 minutes before your bedtime or maybe even if it's an hour before your bedtime you want to push it a half an hour you're good to go uh perfection i would totally totally check that out perfection on netflix check it out what are you going to rate this bad boy Oh, I'm going to Tupperware this bitch. Really? Thank you for reminding me hmm. of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I really, uh, Lynn and I really, really enjoyed this movie. It was, it was a good time. 90 I minutes. I would watch it again. Yeah. 90 minutes. I might have to check that out. I've heard a lot of people kind of talking about this one. Uh, is this one that's going under the radar on Netflix, or have they done a good job promoting this one? Oh, it's um, it's right there, you know, newest released and, mm-hmm. you know, trending. So it's it was trending. We saw it a week ago. Um, and I had heard some people on the army page talking about it saying like, whoa, this is really crazy. And, um, yeah, it's really, really good. Again, don't watch the trailer. Get as little, uh, as you can. Um, I probably told you too much, uh, and, and watch this film. It's absolutely incredible. All right. Yeah. Check it out. The, the perfectionist on Netflix. Um, perfection. Correct. The perfection. See, uh, being (laughs) Scott being the perfectionist that he is corrected me it's called the perfection uh do you have anything else for good pop bad pop i i do i think you're gonna talk about swamp thing later correct yeah well you know what we can talk about it later no let's let's go ahead and talk it let's bring it up in good pop bad pop I, i have no problem with doing that let's talk about it now let's talk about swamp thing that came out on dc universe okay uh did did everybody watch it 
I watched it. Yes, Jake, did you get a chance to see Swamp Thing? Yeah, yeah, I saw the pilot. There's, that's all there is, right? That's all there is. Uh, in a secret facility located in the Louisiana swamplands, scienti- scientist Alec Holland and his wife Linda invented a bio-restorative formula that would solve any nation's food shortage problems. Ferret and Bruno, thugs working for Nathan Ellery, barged into Alec's lab, knocked him out, and planted a bomb in the facility. Alec woke up just as the bomb exploded, and in flames he ran into the swamp. His body has been drenched in the biorestorative formula, and this affected the plant life of the swamp, imbuing it with Alec's consciousness and memories. The newly conscious plant life formed a semblance of a human form and rose up from the bog as Swamp Thing. The latest in a long line of Earth elementals created when the green was in need of perfection. Uh, this first episode was directed by Len Weissman, and it stars uh, Crystal Reed as Abby Arcane. Uh, we've got uh, Virginia Madsen as Maria Sunderland, Andy Bean as Derek Mears, uh, as Alec, uh, a- a- Andy Bean a- and Derek Mears as Alec Holland and Swamp Thing. Um, let's see, who's the other big guy here? Will Patton as Avery Sunderland. Leonardo Nam, uh, from, um, uh, Westworld. He plays Felix, uh, plays Harlan Edwards. Um, Jennifer Beals as Lucilia Cable. Uh, let's talk about Swamp Thing. What did you think, Scott, of this uh, pilot episode? I don't know how DC continues to do awesome stuff on their app, but once again, we've got a, a pilot that is outstanding. I, I thought the pilot was fucking fantastic. Um, I believe Juan directed this, didn't he? Or he had something to do with it, James Wan? Uh, James Wan is, I, I don't know if he, he's directed an episode or two, but I, this first episode was directed by Len Weissman. I know he's, oh, a, yeah, you're right. he's a producer on the show. I think he did direct one episode, but I don't think we're there quite there yet. Well, you can certainly feel his influence. This is a horror show. Um, and there are some really great, like if this was a movie, uh, I think it would do really, really well. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of really great, uh, the scenery is good. You're deep in the swamp. Um, there's some pretty decent gore, uh, going on in the show. Uh, they, they find somebody who, uh, has been affected by, uh, the plants and the green and, and that was really well done. And some of the effects that they did with that particular character later, um, were off the fucking chain. I mean, really, really good. I think the acting is really, really good. I mean, I'm intrigued by the story. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to talk for it. I totally, totally dug it. Uh, we watched it this morning, and, and I'm looking forward to episode two. I liked it as much as you, but I'm also, I'm just going to give it a high taste it for now. I, I, um, the, the body horror in this is, is a Tupperware. It's, it's so good. I, I, there's something very creepy about plants growing out of dead carcasses am i right i mean no you you are not wrong and i and and this did such a such a great job i want to see where this goes and that's the only right. reason that i'm going to give this a high taste it but it's got me intrigued to keep continue to watch this this is this is another show on uh, dc universe that i think it, it that is fantastic scott as 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 far as the introduction here i just want to kind of like see where this whole season goes um i uh uh the the actor andy bean that plays alec holland in this i i 
it's kind of a shame if we don't get to see this guy again. I, I thought he was great. He really reminded me of Steven Weber from Wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. I, I, uh, I thought he was great. I, I I'm kind of, uh, worried that we won't get to see him again. Maybe we'll probably see him in flashbacks, but man, he, he really impressed me in, in this series so far in, in this first episode. He's listed for all ten episodes. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh man. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that an interesting character choice. He's in the swamp wearing flip flops. Yeah, yeah. Designer flip flops. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well you're a you're a hipster. Okay, interesting. That's cool. I like uh, the the chemistry between him and the main female lead, Abby Arcane. Uh, Crystal, Crystal Reed is Abby Arcane. I thought that they were great. Had a great chemistry going into this. The the swamp is just a creepy place with within itself. It's just a, it's a very scary setting, you know. Um, I like this. What did Jake? What did you think? I'm also gonna high taste it. Um, I liked it quite a lot, and I, I'm kind of like I wonder what they can do with an episode two and an episode three. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated how serious they took the subject matter. I think this is the kind of story that would be really easy to lean on the kind of campy crutch. And this show does not do that at all. And I think that's really cool. And I, you know, I haven't watched all of Titans and I haven't watched all of Doom Patrol. But, you know, I've seen the first episode of each. And I really appreciate that, I guess, to compare it to the CWDC stuff, each show really does feel like a unique presence with its own unique genre and flavor here rather than a different character in this same exact type of show. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it really stood out to me watching Swamp Thing, how diverse all these DC Universe shows are. Because, like, Swamp Thing could be just as easy as Doom Patrol to be cheeky and campy and go for those kind of goofy laugh stuffs and still, you know, trying to do the body horror and stuff. But this show does not do that at all. It has the balls to really go for it and take its subject matter seriously. It does not play it for camp or laughs. And I I really appreciated that about it. I thought it was really cool and really bold for them to go in this direction with this show. I, the, one of the parts that I really, and it really wasn't even swamp thing related was the whole backstory of Abby Arcane. Yes. And, Virginia Madsen's character of Maria Sunderland, who she had this relationship, this friendship with the Sunderland's daughter. And now she works for the CDC. She was involved somehow with the daughter's death. She was very close to the Sunderland's at one time. This I don't know about you, Scott. It sounds like this also intrigued you. Like, I want to know more about this story. They they just teased yeah. it. Like, she has, just like you and I would, if I'm, I'm somewhere, I'm feeling borderline uncomfortable because mm. I've got memories of my past and I'm dealing with shit. And uh, all of a sudden, these memories will just kind of surface up. And that's what happens to Dr. Arcane. She's just sitting there doing stuff. And all of a sudden, or she'll be, she's going over the bridge. And all of a sudden, she looks over to the side and has a flashback, yeah. a memory of something. And we have no clue what that's about. 
No clue. They just give you just that little flash because oh, I, I can't think about that right now. I got to focus on what I need to focus on. But as an audience member, we're like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, rewind that bitch and let's talk about that. I, I need to know about that. Mm. And that conversation that they have at the at at dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. When you're done, you're out of here. Yeah, she's definitely harboring some kind of guilt that we're not fully aware of why yet. Yeah, that's a journey they're going to take us on, and I think that that's wonderful. Yeah, it adds a completely new layer to this. It's not just about, um, you know, uh, Alec Holland here. It's we've got uh, Abby Arcane and her past with this town, and her past with like this very prominent family within the town, the Sunderlands, who she used to be very close to, very close relationship with their daughter. And she's somehow responsible for the death of their daughter. What, what do you think it is? Like, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, okay, maybe like they were very close and they, they were drinking one night and maybe it was uh, kind of like a, a, she was drinking driving and in an accident. But like later on in the episode, she had no problem drinking with Alec. And I was like, okay, if, if alcohol was her vice, she hasn't. <laughs> she hasn't, you know what I mean? She had, so I, I, yeah, she's a terrible person. Yeah. She's still doing, yeah, yeah. And, and she tells Alec that she killed her. That was a moment in the episode where she's mm-hmm. like, I killed her. I killed her. And it was like, whoa. Like, I actually were wound at that moment. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh my God, did she just say that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was good intrigue. Yeah. It was, it was cool that they're not just relying on the Swamp Thing stuff. You're absolutely right mm-hmm. about that. They're, definitely bringing some intrigue with the auxiliary characters and yeah this this seems really good yeah i'm really looking forward to the second episode how much like i that's one of the things that i've been struggling with is how much of swamp thing are we going to get in this episode scott you just said like we're getting andy bean in this for all 10 episodes how much Swamp Thing are we going to get in this? Is Swamp Th- is Swamp Thing going to be something that they're going to use sparingly? Or are they going to really have uh, this character be in the forefront this first season? Yeah, well, Derek Mears plays the Swamp Thing, and he's also listed for ten episodes. Interesting. Today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the we didn't really we saw him in the we saw a little bit of Swamp Thing in this first episode. Yep. Didn't get to see a whole lot of him. Uh, we ha- we have yet to see him fully out of the swamp and uh, walking around. But um, the character design with the red eyes, I was like, oh. holy shit! They're paying attention to detail. They're going comic accurate, and I was really impressed. Yeah, look great. I would tupper wear like what we've seen of Swamp Thing, the character design so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I think I need a few more episodes uh, to kind of like really suck me in because like this is one of those things where like like after this first episode, I can't wait for the next one. Um, but it's like yeah, I I need a few. You more. kind of yeah. You describe something that I couldn't kind of put to words too with why I I I am very interested in seeing the use of Swamp Thing and if like episode two and episode three and episode four will kind of follow a formula mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, here's your two and a half minutes of Swamp Thing at the end of the episode to climax it. Yes. Or, yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff will kind of change and formulate what I think of the show. I kind of hope it's not like that. 
Yeah, I kept I keep thinking to myself like we're gonna get a lot more of like what there's a lot of things going on in the swamp now. There's a lot like this this formula. Um, this is 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 it's infecting people. Um, it's infecting the swamp. And I feel like we're going to get a lot more of that stuff and then they, that they might use Swamp Thing sparingly. So, you know, so you want to see more Swamp Thing at the forefront of this se- of this season. It's not that I don't need it to be like Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing, you know, just so mm-hmm. much or I'm not happy. But I do think it needs to be a little bit more than just what we saw in the first episode. Like I get you yeah. want to build up to kind of a crescendo and like, reveal Swamp Thing and have us go, ooh, but the show's effects are good enough, the character design is good enough that once we get few a couple episodes, the mystique of seeing him should kind of slowly go away, I think. I felt like they should have dropped two episodes this first week. I would agree with that. This episode, though I very much liked it, yeah. could have been called Prelude and the next episode could be episode one. Yes. It kind of had that flavor to it. I don't know. Right. That's the only reason I guess I'm high tasting this one is because like this was basically it's a true pilot. It's an origin story. And as for as much as I, 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 I enjoyed it, it's like now that Swamp Thing's been introduced, I need to see what they do with the character going forward before I can put my full stamp of a Tupperware on this season. And that's going to be, that's something that I'm going to kind of be able to formulate watching the second and third episode, Jake. Like, I felt like it was a very well executed pilot. Very well executed. But as it, the series is called Swamp Thing. And I got, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, I only got like, you know, 60 seconds of Swamp Thing in this. So, like, if you're going to call it Swamp Thing, I need to see a little bit more Swamp Thing before I can really give it, like, what are you going to do with this character before I can give it that full Tupperware? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't argue with any of that. I don't know, though. I guess in its defense, more so than any other of these shows, if the next episode was available, I would have clicked and watched it right then. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, Scott. I'm I, okay with sparing Swamp Thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I I don't think we're going to get to see a lot of them in each episode. Yeah. But like you mentioned before, the Swamp in and of itself is a scary-ass character, too. And the things that are going on uh, around our main characters are also scary enough that um, – I. <sighs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think you need a lot of swamp thing in order to carry the story forward. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I mean, and another thing I want to point out is we didn't get to see anywhere in this episode. It'll, it'll be it'll be happening in future episodes. No sign of Ian Zeering as Daniel Cassidy, the Blue Devil, the uh, former. Oh, I forgot he was even cast yeah. until you brought that up. I completely remember now. Yeah, he, he's been cast as uh, Blue Devil, a stuntman who became famous after playing the demonic Blue Devil in a film. And uh, now he's back at the, uh, in the in the bayou, and uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, no, I yeah, I was not a big this. fan of his casting, honestly, when we talked about that. I was because to me that's bringing potentially bringing the camp that I don't think this show needs. Hmm. I mean, you got to separate yourself, separate it from the Sharknado stuff. 
separate like could could he be trying to do a more serious role here i hope i i mean the the description of the role sounds interesting it sounds like kind of meta show within the show he could be campy and it wouldn't affect the outward plot of the show yeah i don't know there's really not a lot jake i get it he's the unknown in this there's really not a lot to go on with ian searing all you can say is like okay i remember him as finn in the sharknado movies and as steve saunders in 90210 there's really like as far as like the ian searing filmography there's really nothing else we can say I mean, yeah, I'm you sure, can make up the middle. Yeah, like, I'm sure it's out there, but, like, I don't know what the fuck he's done in the interim, you know, between playing Steve Saunders. Lots of reality shows. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's a good show, and I, I think it's, 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 a, it's a positive thing that I'm definitely going to stick around for the second of DC Universe. Hey, here's, my, here's a question for you. With Warner Brothers Media starting their own streaming service, and uh there have been reports that DC Universe has not gotten the subscriptions that they've wanted. Do you think that yeah. do you think that Warner Media is just going to absorb DC Universe and it's all going to be a part of that streaming service? I happen to think that that will happen inevitably. I, I agree. The, I there Oh, go ahead, Scott. No, no, finish, finish it up. Oh, I was just going to say they're not going to want to split their audience like that and I think they'll be able to sell more single subscriptions that they have both the office and TC universe together. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if they, I wonder if they put it, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to, they're going to eventually merge, um, the two services. It just makes sense. There's not enough subscribers to, you know, make that financially viable, but they have done a really good job of putting out series that people like. And I think it might drive subscriptions to the uh, Warner Brothers, um, you know, streaming service. Like I probably wouldn't have subscribed to the you know WB streaming service, but now that I know that I'm going to get these awesome shows there, that for sure I'll I'll uh, I'll sign up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be cool, Scott, Jake, if they did what we're hearing what the Disney plus interface is going to do where like where you sign on to Disney plus and then boom, it's got Marvel. It's got Pixar. It's got Disney. It's got national geographic and star Wars, star Wars. Boom. Like you click on one of those five, you're on that interface and you click on one of those five and it takes you to all the content that's under that. Warner brothers could do the exact same thing. Jake, you could have the wizarding world of Harry Potter click on that and you've got all your Harry Potter stuff. You click on the DC stuff, you got all your DC stuff. You could you know and then, Lego would be a big franchise I think they could do for that. Agreed. Agreed. That would be huge. Mm-hmm. There's a tons of there's tons of Lego stuff. Lego movies aside, they've also got like their Ninjago and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. right? So I mean there's there there's there's a lot of different things that they could do. Um after they start, when they're thinking about setting up the interface for, for Warner Brothers. And I think it just makes it look that much more kind of like rich too, you know, that much more like meaty, um, as a service. Like that's what's gonna look, that's what's gonna be so appealing about Disney Plus is because Disney owns all, like Star Wars and Marvel and then now with the Fox library. Like it's gonna yeah, make that service look like it's so like it's not like you're just getting one thing. You're getting all this other shit too. Yeah, they did a great job. 
thinking of the National Geographic stuff, I think. And even they've already talked about how every Disney animated movie is going to be part of that thing. And you're right. It feels like so many different services within one service that right. at the end of the day is cheaper than Netflix. Yeah. Like, what do you, how does, I feel like I'm losing out on so much content that's being released on Netflix monthly. Like, unless you're, like, Googling, like, what's new, what's new and what's leaving Netflix, I feel like I'm missing out on, like, a lot of new Netflix original content that comes out. And maybe some of it's good. And it's not just Netflix. Like, um, Amazon as well, guys. I'm going to throw this out there. Like, I had no idea that uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was doing a series. She's our uh, L337 from Solo. I had no idea that she had mm-hmm. a series called Fleabag. Everybody's talking about Fleabag Season 2. I didn't know there was a Fleabag Season 1 until about two fucking weeks ago. Right. Yeah, we've, we brought this up a bunch, that the a lot of the bigger premier streaming services really need to do a better job advertising and hyping their original product. Amazon has done a decent job, I think. Like, if you go to AMC theaters before the movie starts, like, you'll get to see, like, the special behind-the-scenes clips of Hannah, the special behind-the-scenes clips of, like, you know, uh, season two or three of Sneaky Pete. Like, I've seen that kind of stuff. Um, but, like, I didn't know, I didn't know a fucking thing about Fleabag. You know, I'm sure there's people out there that still don't know about Killing Eve. Uh, they don't know about, um, oh God, I'm trying to think, uh, Killing Eve, what other, uh, Handmaid's Tale, stuff, you know, I mean, you know, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, like, what? Man in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle. I, I think Amazon's done a decent job of promoting some of this stuff, but I think like a lot of the Netflix stuff is getting lost on people because we just... We just don't fucking know about it. it, it you know, and you ahead. can't find it either. Yeah. I mean, Hulu is a really great example of awesome stuff on Hulu that I can't fucking find. Right? Yeah. Hulu, yeah. Yeah. Hulu. The menus and yeah. kind of the props on both, on both Hulu and Netflix could be addressed. That's go on and on about that. Yeah. The, the new, uh, Ask Dr. Ruth movie on Hulu, which is like, yeah, it's something that I am going to watch. That's something I'm, I think she's a fascinating person and I'm going to watch this, but like, you know, I don't think they're promoting the fuck out of it. And I think they should like the same thing with the Gilda Radner love Gilda documentary. Like there should be more promotion for that. More people need to watch that. I had not even heard of that until you brought it up on the podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's insane. So I don't know. It's like for as much as like $15 billion that Netflix is spending on new original content, they need to put some of this into marketing or or slow the roll a little bit because, you know, like I still I I always go back to even just have the show on your own fucking Netflix or Hulu that just informs you and shows clips of your new product. Mm -hmm. Get a charismatic person to host a weekly show that's telling you about all the new stuff that's showing up this week. I'll do it. Netflix. Come on. I'll do- <laughs> oh, you said charismatic. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. That was, that was. <laughs> Just whoever, That's what they do know. on Xbox, right? At least the, the Xbox One has, um, what's his name? They, they do a show every month of, hey, this is the cool stuff that you've mm-hmm. got. 
and then people go check it out, and then they yeah. can promote the things that they want, and right. uh, people get a better experience. Yeah. People are going to watch that shit. When you're already paying twelve ninety nine a month for Netflix, you're damned right you're going to watch the 30-minute show that tells you how to get the best value for that money that you're spending. Right. And it, it doesn't yeah. even have to be 30 minutes. You could do it in 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I go, exactly. I go to the Just Watch app every day to see what's new and coming out on different services. There's Epics. Like Epics, did you know Epics has a series that's going into season two? A series that features Walton Goggins, Jake. I no clue. Yeah, I you know no clue. I here's another thing. We there's a there's a new Epic series coming out on June second. Um, that uh, looks really good. Has an incredible cast. What's the name? Yeah, it's called Perpetual Grace Limited. Have you seen the trailers or heard anything about Perpetual Grace? I have not. Scott, Perpetual Grace on Epics. Have you heard anything about it? No, sir. Here we go. Perpetual Grace. Let me see here. Yeah, here we go. It's got, uh, listen to this cast. Uh, it's got, uh, Dana DeLorenzo. She was, uh, the fe- one of the female leads in, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Uh, Damon Harriman. Ben Kingsley. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, Jimmy Simpson, that Jimmy Simpson from fucking Westworld people from, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Jackie Weaver, uh, it's got, uh, Luis, uh, Guzman from, uh, fuck, Boogie Nights, I'm trying to think, uh, Traffic, um, The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, he's great. He's in, he's in a ton of movies. And it's like, uh, yeah, like, I, uh, you know, it's like, all these, all these shows are getting lost in the mix. Jake, Jake, well, Jake, Scott, welcome to the streaming wars. Who is going to survive the streaming wars? Well, that's the issue, right? There's too much stuff to watch. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to watch? Oh, hold on. Let's talk about cutting the cutting the cord. Does cutting the cord even matter anymore? I mean, you're you're almost you spending mean? just as much money. If, if cutting the cord and you're still trying to watch all the current you know stuff out there in pop culture mm-hmm. you're almost spending more money these days it feels like i agree yeah but i still know tons of people that have cable because right so it's just it's too easy for them to keep their subscription so they have cable they're getting shitty quality tv um marginal internet and and they're not getting the stuff that that uh that we're partaking in right hmm yeah, but are, are those people like? Here's the thing. It's like, are, are, what, what other services? Like, if you've got cable and you're already spending, let's say, a hundred bucks a month, right? You know, way more than that. Yeah, way more than most that. Most people have a bundle. You're looking at two, right? My dad, my dad would spend between a hundred and a hundred and fifty bucks for for That's great. You know, uh, for Dish Network. But I've also kind of educated my dad on how he needs to call them and tell them that they need to lower his rate. And he, um, yeah, I've, I've been his Miyagi when it comes to like lowering his bill. So he thanks me. Um, but, Oh yeah, you gotta, you gotta be assertive. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, you've got all that. How many streaming services are you going to add if you still got cable? And then, and then, like, how many how many of these uh, services are you willing to add if you don't have cable? 
You know what I mean? Like, are you going to be, are you going to be adding Disney Plus? Is that going to go into your rotation? Do you have to make that decision? Um, you've got a family. You've, you've got groceries to buy. You've got, uh, kids to think about. You've, yeah, you've been watching, uh, uh, Handsmaid's Tale on Hulu and you've been watching, um, you know, uh, The Runaways and you've been spending your $5.99 a month for Hulu. But uh, what does it come down to? Does it come down to you canceling Hulu to get Disney Plus because, like, the kids want to watch? Di- I, there, there's a lot of decisions that are going to go. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going to be happening here within the next, I'd say, five years with streaming services. We're going to see streaming services rise and fall within the next five years. Who is going to come out on top of this thing? I think at the end of the day, Jake, like, the only two that I think that are going to be like for sure is going to be Disney Plus and Netflix. Like, I can't even put the stock in Amazon Prime that I would love to and even Hulu, even though it's owned by Disney now, majority share. Like, Hulu could also just kind of like, they could easily just kind of like integrate that into Disney Plus if they wanted to. I'm kind of predicting the fall of Netflix, to be honest with you. How so? Are you kidding me? There's so much in debt, though, Brian. I mean, I think that's where you're coming from, You gotta from, spend right? money to make money. And that's yeah, the that's thing. True, yeah, but, but I, billions of dollars in debt is not good. And so many of the properties, like the older properties that people subscribe for, are all migrating away in the next, like, one to five years. Like, what's, like, if I go to Netflix right now, my homepage has at least a dozen things that are gonna be gone and on Disney Plus come by the end of this year. And then after that, the office is leaving and then all the other Warner Brothers stuff. And I don't know, man, they're, they're going to have to really step it up. I think that's why they're doing all this original content. That's why they're doing all this original content. I don't, but I I haven't seen any of it on the level of a Star Wars TV show or MCU branded TV shows that can even compete with Disney. I'm telling you, man, like all it takes for me for, for, for Netflix is like, yeah, give me Glow Season 3. Give me Glow Season 4. Give me, you know, like for a lot of people, Orange is the New Black Season whatever the fuck. Give me Stranger Things Season 3. Stranger Things Season 4. Um, you've got, guy, you gotta understand, like, we're, like, uh, Dead to Me Season 2. I'm fucking there. Scott, did you watch Dead to Me? Loved it. Yeah. Are you back for Season 2? Yeah, if it dropped tomorrow, I will uh, will binge it. We binged it in a day. A lot of people th- say this. Uh, guys, we're gonna move on with good pop, bad pop. But a lot of people think that like Netflix is like like a lot of these streaming services. Excuse me, are like uh, okay. I'm gonna subscribe to this service, and then after I watch said show, which is like the fucking like that's the flagship show of said service, I'll drop it. And then when they introduce season two, I'll come back and I'll subscribe to it again and then I'll drop it. It's easy to do with YouTube, right? Like YouTube premium. Oh, okay. I want to watch season one of Wayne or I want to watch season one of Cobra Kai, season two of Cobra Kai, and then I'll drop it. Netflix is not that easy. Netflix, like once you fucking subscribe to Netflix, I think like they got their hooks in you. Like, you see, like, all the new original content that they have coming out. And not all of it's good, Jake, but it, the part of it is the promise that it could be good. The promise that it could be good. 
And if you drop, like, 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 oh, as soon as you think about dropping it, like, oh my god, like they got something else that they're gonna fucking throw at you. It's crazy all the shit that they've got. They've got the fucking Castlevania series, the Shira series, like. It, I, I, I get, I can't even, the, the, like, they, uh, they got Jake Gyllenhaal doing movies for them now. They've got, it's insane, the, the, the talent level. I feel like if you don't, like, people, I think, like, Netflix, people have kind of, like, reserved that as a bill that they pay, just yep. kind of like their, like their power bill, or their water bill, or their rent. Like, it's fucking, yeah. their mortgage. Like, you've got, like, the Netflix bill. Like, that's a part of their fucking life, dude. I don't see I don't see Netflix going anywhere. That's my stance. Well, I would also you could say the same thing about Amazon Prime, and I think Amazon's putting in a a, a significant amount of effort to increase the amount of thing that they have to kind of compete to be in the top three. But here's the thing: as soon as let's go back to Netflix, as soon as as soon as there's not programming on there mm-hmm. that people are talking about, let's say all of a sudden we get a couple dud months where there's nothing that anybody's talking about, that's when the trouble for Netflix really happens. Mm. So, you know, the future of the of the um, streaming wars is always going to be about having content that's relevant and that the, the populace is talking about. I keep my Netflix... And you're right. I pay for it every month. I think I don't know anybody that doesn't have it, but they're providing me content that I want to watch. But they're also providing me content that I get to share. Right. So it becomes water cooler talk. So we're all talking about the same shows. We're all having those same experiences talking about it. As soon as um, that content is no longer relevant or that content is anything that I want to talk about, I no longer need your service and I will drop it. Are people still not talking about Black Mirror? You know, I can't tell you how many people. Now, I'm listen. I'm old as fuck, and I have a lot of friends of, that I work with that are also old as fuck who have never, ever watched Black Mirror, not one episode. Yeah, it's. I still think it's. I still think like the demographic that they're looking for is still watching that though. Like the eighteen to like you know thirty four year old. Hey, trust me, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. They are. I, the funny thing with Black Mirror is that I always say the same thing. So I told my boss, "You got to watch Black Mirror." Do yourself a favor. Don't watch episode one first. Watch any episode you want. Just don't watch episode one. And what do they do? They go watch episode one. They come back. Go. I'm out. I'm totally yeah, out. Right. I know. So it's not. It's not well, all Black Mirror though. It's like all of a sudden, like on Netflix, like any given day, you can get a Zac Efron fucking Ted Bundy documentary biopic, right. whatever. I mean, and then the next thing you know, you're getting Making a Murderer season three or whatever. You're getting uh, all these. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing. They're they're experimental too. For for all this money that they're spending. I think that they're, I think that they're spending all this money to keep subscribers and I think like bottom line is subscribers and I think Netflix has the subscribers now. I know, here's the thing guys, the same thing with the streaming wars is the same thing with magazines. Magazines did not make a profit back in the day. They were all in the fucking red. Sports Illustrated, all of them were in the fucking red for years. They had to build up those subscribers to, for the, for the magazines. They had to build them up. And Netflix, Netflix right now has their hooks in you. Jake, are you canceling Netflix? Scott, are you canceling? Not right now. Oh, no. Are you, are you canceling Netflix right now? No, no, not right now, but I'm, I'm just kind of looking at a possible future where 
there's 15 streaming services and I can't subscribe to all of them. Yeah, but Netflix is not one of them that I'm going to cancel anytime soon. Like if it comes down to it, like, like I've got, I've got some vanity subscription services right now. Not going to lie. Got some vanity subscription services. I wanted to do like, uh, you know, I did a couple of vanity subscription services. Those are the ones that go. I'm not canceling Netflix. There's no way. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if they can keep up eventually with some of these big brands coming down the pipeline. So we'll see, like, if they can keep the hype train rolling for their product. Big but, brands, like, I who? Mean, who's the, the only other that heavyweight that I even see that's going to be able to compete? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not mad or angry with you, Jake. I'm just no, no, no. Okay, no. the only other, like, the only other heavyweight or service that I can see even competing with them is Disney Plus. I think at the end of the day, like, after like, if this is fucking nuclear war and like all the fucking bombs are hitting and they're blowing up and shit's fucking blowing up, there's two cockroaches that fucking come out of this motherfucker and it's netflix and it's disney plus those are the two fucking heavyweights man that's fucking that's you know what i mean that those are the two heavyweights that come out of this thing and i understand that netflix is losing money right now that they're in the red but subscribers mean everything subscribers mean everything and I think, like, they have the numbers right now. I think in the long run, it'll pay off for them. Just like magazine services, they were all in the red back in the day. It took it took years for some of them to get out of the red and to get into the black and to make a profit. And I think, like, they, Netflix is trying to stay ahead of the game. Netflix put Blockbuster out of fucking business. They're not, not 100%, yep. but they're a proponent. They're a component, a proponent of putting Blockbuster out of business. They're the future, guys. I, I'm not disagreeing yeah. that Netflix is the giant right now. I just I see a potential future where Netflix could get smacked around a little bit. Honestly, I mean they. I don't think too many. Even though everyone feels like they have to keep subscribing every month, I don't yeah. know anyone that feels completely happy with the service for various reason, reasons, including, you know, price increases almost every year. And I don't know, man. I, I think once Apple really steps into the fray, I think oh, once man. the Amazon stuff really starts pushing harder and especially the Disney Plus, I, hmm. it could get to a point. And then, you know, Netflix, hey, we're nineteen ninety nine a month now. And, Man, people are just going to, I think, turn away unless they can really keep the heavy content coming. And there's only so many, you know, stranger things. It's a good point. I'm not, I'm not knocking you. It's just like right now in this moment, I just, you're right. Like, who knows what the future may bring? Who knows what the future may bring? But right now, if, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to give a, uh, if we're going to crown somebody as the king of the streamers, it's got to be Netflix, man. And I'm I, not denying that at all. I 100% agree with that. You know, like yeah, you, you got to have Netflix. If I got yeah. any streaming service today, it's Netflix. And I agree with you, Brian, that once Disney Plus launches, I, I think they're a close second, and I think they have the opportunity to become the next big streaming service. But are you gonna get? See, here's the thing. It's like when I think Disney Plus. When I think Disney Plus, they've got the Star Wars crowd locked up. They've got the Marvel crowd locked up. They've got like, uh, if you gotta get your National Geographic, you, you're gonna go there. If you want your kids stuff, they've got Disney. But man, I'm telling you, Netflix. Netflix has something for everyone. Jake, Disney Plus has to do something 
to and here's the thing you can say like well then you can go to hulu because disney owns hulu that defeats the whole purpose now you're still subscribing to two different services because i I understand i I hear what you're saying yeah netflix does a good job of where netflix excels is they really do feel like a substitute to cable to cutting the cord. Right. You know, they've got it's got everything. Yes. You got a cooking show, you got a reality show. John Favreau. John Favreau yeah. has John Favreau has a cooking show coming out on fucking Netflix shortly. John Favreau. Yeah. He's gonna have guest stars. Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, Bryce Dallas Howard, all these people are gonna be joining John Favreau on his cooking show. Where are you gonna be able to watch that, dude? Yeah, I guess you yeah. could go to Netflix. fucking Nah. It's I, Netflix. I also think they're like the number one destination for stand-up comedy yeah. currently. Yeah. Is Netflix. Yeah. Every com- every comedian wants to get their special on Netflix. I'm talking from Joe Rogan, from fucking Anthony Jeselnik, to even Theo Vaughn. Like, these guys want to get their fucking specials on Netflix to get their name out there. It's the equivalent to HBO in, like, the 90s. Yes. HBO kind of was the destination. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. It's it just seems no, like I Netflix. You, right? Netflix has they everything. Could get, they could get lax, and there's going to be some heavy competition. And how can I you say that the they? Pers- you can't say that they're going to get lax when they're spending fifteen billion a year. And I understand that you guys are saying like, oh, okay, that's just going to put them further in debt. But like, what they're doing right now is they're securing subscribers because that's what's going to push them over the edge is subscribers. Yeah, but no one's signing the contract. It's not a phone bill. It's not a cable bill. And people but can, people you know, see in, that. People in three see months, it. you could lose a Pe- huge base. People see it as that, though, right now. I do. Like, part of my, like, monthly bills is a Netflix. A lot of people see it that way. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like when you're tallying that month's bills, you're tallying your, your fucking mortgage, your, your power bill, your water bill, your trash bill, and then there's the Netflix bill. Like it's, it's, you in just left it in there. In 2019, I completely agree that's what you're doing. I'm not so sure in 2022 we still will be. I'm just not sure that Disney Plus is, I think it's going to be a big player, but I just don't think that it's going to be able to, Get the demo, like 100% that demographic to take down Netflix because I think like a lot of people are going to look at it as they're going to see Disney, they're going to see kids stuff, and they're going to be thinking to themselves like, okay, I don't have kids, my kids are all, or my kids are all grown up, and I want to watch some adult stuff with adult themes, and Netflix has been delivering on that. I'm not going to get dead to me on Disney Plus. Like for me, Jake. Jake, I gotta get Disney Plus because I gotta watch The Mandalorian. I gotta see what Johnny Favreau does with the fucking Mandalorian. I gotta yeah, see. Yeah, but that, you're acting like you're acting like you're a niche audience when you're talking about one of what might be one of the most popular television shows of the year. Like that's why we're, we're not everybody's a Star is. Wars fan. No, not everyone is a Star Wars fan, but. Most of the movies make up like the top fifty highest grossing movies of all time. the The idea of the first ever live action Star Wars TV show is going to be a huge draw. It's it's hardly a niche audience. It's hardly it, fucking Crunchyroll. Well, here's no. Here's the thing. I'm not saying okay. It is Star Wars, but here's the thing. It's like Netflix offers so much more of a broader fucking uh for for an audience think about like i agree like here's the thing uh when you watch uh network television more people are watching 
when 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 Supergirl was on CBS, more people were watching Supergirl than were watching the Marvel Daredevil Netflix show. Why? Because it was on CBS. It had more access to it. It had more access. And that's the thing. Right now, Netflix has the subscribers. They've got more access. So it's, I, 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 and I, I just feel like Netflix right now has kind of like positioned themselves in a place where they're going to get more people, get more eyes on some of their content. Yes, the Mandalorian is going to pull over Star Wars fans. Star Wars has been around for 40 plus years and it's going to pull those people over. But man, I, I, I don't, I don't know if people are going to be in droves canceling their Netflix subscriptions because they've got to make a decision between Netflix and the Mandalorian. It, right now, I feel like the Mandalorian, they could, this could be another thing where people are still saying like, you know, they're going to treat it like CBS all access and they're going to say, ah, once they wrap filming on, uh, uh, Mandalorian, uh, not filming. Once they, once the whole season's been completed, I'll subscribe to Disney Plus for one month and I'll watch it. I'll watch The Mandalorian and then I'll unsubscribe. Netflix is a different beast at this point. Like they were there from the beginning of streaming. Like they, they are streaming. It was Netflix and Hulu. Like a lot of people have Netflix and I feel like that's just, that's how people consume their tv like this is like back in the day when people would watch like late night talk shows it was like johnny carson like that's this is just this is their johnny carson like this is how they like a lot of people get their entertainment like netflix is an institution at this point yeah i just feel institutions can change is kind of where i'm coming from and it's to me it's just not so set in stone that netflix is the one that's for sure going to be around and be at the top of their game in five years like I just I don't see how that's concrete yet. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we will. We well, will definitely see. Go ahead. Go you ahead, know, historically, historically, we've seen that to be true. I mean, go back to the blockbuster example, right? So that's a, they're a victim of technology, but they're also a victim of their own arrogance. Because at one point in time, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they have the opportunity to buy? Uh, Netflix, Netflix and chose not to. You're 100 percent correct. We would have all been like, "Hey, what's on Blockbuster today?" Yeah, right. So, I, things can change. So I'm with Jake. I think things can change. But you are 110 percent right, Brian. On, I gotta have my Netflix. And there are months. I, I shouldn't say there are months, but there are there are times, long periods of chunk where I'm I'm not on Netflix. I'm watching something else. Right. Mm. But I still keep it. Like I'm not going to get rid of it, and that's because again, the content there is relevant. My friends are talking about it. In order for me to be socially relevant, I gotta have a Netflix subscription, and we'll have to see how all of this washes out um, as far as where all these programs go. Right? It um, the Warner Brothers app is going to go and probably swallow up DC and get the Office and all of the good stuff. How well does that do? Um, we have Disney Plus. We've talked that. You know, ad nauseum, and don't forget you've got these other other uh, services that provide an alternative to cable for much less price. So we subscribe to PlayStation Vue. Why? Because that it, it allows me to go ahead and get some of the channels that you know Lynn and I like to watch, like ID and and ESPN and stuff like that. But heck, if uh, if somebody could provide to me 
a la carte programming based on the shows that I want to watch, not necessarily the channels that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. I want to go ahead and subscribe to the shows that I want to watch. I don't want to pay per whatever for show. I I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think it'll be something I would hold on to. Yes, month, yeah. a month out. John McCain. John McCain years ago wanted to do uh, this is years ago wanted to do a la carte kind of like cable where you could like subscribe to different shows and stuff like that. Yeah. In the end, it works out to be more. I like having like it's it's nice. It's nice having just a channel. Like oh, you could subscribe to a channel, pay for a channel. It's. I don't know. There, there's something about just knowing that every once in a while on a certain channel, you never know what's going to pop up. And then I'll, you know what I mean? Like you never know what's going to pop up, what show's going to yeah. pop up, what's going to hit, what's not going to hit. I don't, I don't know. I, that's a dangerous game. I agree with Brian. Yeah. How, how do new shows even get discovered at that point when yeah. you have to kind of be all in and subscribe to it in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, that leads to the only popular things being already established franchises and shows and less legroom for new creative talents to do new stuff to be discovered when you have to make that big of a com- when you have to commit per show. When you have a channel or a service, then you can introduce new concepts and ideas and shows that people will actually try because they're already paying for the service for the thing they already like. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it just makes no sense as far as creativity goes and the idea of new and interesting shows and products. I think you kind of, man, you really cut that off. I think if you make it so people are a la carte by show. But if you, but if you had a service that would provide you access to, oh my goodness, and this is probably a little Well, never we do. Happen. I mean, if you want to go to iTunes or you want to go, you know what I mean? You can buy a you season can already of a show. Do that. Yeah. 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 I guess you're right. But when that, I mean, that would be really nice in my humble opinion, but I think you're right. Cause like I would have never watched dead to me. I would have never known about it. Right. Yeah. I, or I would have never known about you. Um, things like that just that pop up on, um, the, you know, the perfection is, is, is another, mm-hmm. uh, example of something like, I, I had no idea about this. I had a really fucking great time watching it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. The only things you're paying for by the movie or by the episode, most people at least, are things you already established that you enjoy and you're buying to have to keep. Most people aren't just randomly buying things they've never heard of or seen before. So those but things are just going to go undiscovered. Yeah, but if all my well, we live in a socially relevant society, right? So listen, if I want to be cool, I got to be trending. I got to be, um, you know, I got to be involved with stuff. I think about our own experiences within the army, right? So I'd say about eighty percent of the stuff that I watch nowadays is because somebody on there that I trust recommended it, and all of a sudden now I've got this thread of wow, this is great, this is amazing, we got to watch it, right? So yeah, but but I agree with that. But the reason there are so many somebody saying that stuff is because they're clicking on this thing to this thing they already subscribed to anyway. And my point is those somebodies don't even exist. When, like it doesn't even become relevant in pop culture if everyone's got to spend 1999 for the first season of Dead to Me with no other thing besides that, you know? Yeah, that, are, yeah, that, like, well, that model won't work at that price point. So, well, price point uh, be damned. I was just throwing a number out. No, no, I, I get it. Even I, at I, even at two ninety nine, well, not I as many people. I do it for one ninety nine. I do it for two bucks. Even at ninety nine cents. 
less people would have watched it than the people that watched it because they were already subscribed to Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's true. In my opinion. And you're not going to get that traction. You're not going to get that, you're not going to get that social media presence. And some of those people that you listen to, that you trust, that are watching these shows, would not have dropped that 19. They wouldn't have. It takes time. It takes time to get on your phone or get on, on whatever device and even pay that 99 cents. Like, as opposed to just flippantly going through Netflix yes. and seeing a free show that on a service that you're already subscribed to and are able to watch. And you can watch like the first five minutes of that show and figure out like whether it's something you're going to stick on or not. And yeah. So. I think about Cobra yeah, Kai, exactly. same thing, right? I, I I haven't watched it yet because I haven't taken the time to um, to pay to watch it. You're talking about Cobra Kai. Yeah, Cobra Kai yeah. Season 2. Unless now, is it free? It's going to be free eventually, uh, with right. probably by next year. But you see what I'm saying? I would not normally subscribe to YouTube. Cobra Kai comes out. I want to watch it. I got all this other stuff I got to watch, so I'm not going to go ahead and make that commitment mm-hmm. yet despite all well, that the goes, that, things that, people said about it that completely goes against your point then like it doesn't even matter that, that, yeah. that says exactly what i'm saying because everybody people everybody's everybody's telling you to watch cobra kai and yet you're not willing to to drop the money or even you know what i mean or even get that free month of youtube to knock it out well, I already got my free month of youtube on season one of mm-hmm. cobra kai so you know i'm fucked and Cobra, Kai, a different, uh, Cobra Kai at least has name brand recognition of mm-hmm. a franchise that already exists. Right. So it, it, in the world of a la carte pay for every show, it might do decently well. But all these shows that have no you know loyalty to them, just what are they going to do? They're just all going to bomb. It'll just stifle all creativity if you make every show a la carte without some kind of a service or a channel. Okay. I'll give you that. I will say this on the flip side. What a what a great fucking time to be alive. Because I, I, it wasn't too long ago, Brian, mm-hmm. that, man, we had eight channels. I, I grew up, we had four. And uh, we had no choice on um, what to watch, save for what was on those four channels. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff that was put out there was crap. And it wasn't too long ago that... You know, even the major networks were just putting out crap, and now we, because of choice and because of different distribution methods, we got all this great shit to watch. Yeah, how awesome is that? It is. It is awesome. I, I will tell you, as a podcaster, it's daunting. I am. Oh yeah. I have felt probably within the last two to three months, Jake. For me, I felt like we've done a decent job at kind of keeping up at some of the new stuff that's coming out. But in the last two to three months, I felt like a lot of it's gotten away from me. A lot of it's yeah. Got, like I it's haven't possible to watch everything. Yeah, there's I, so much content. I have not been I able thought, to even start Sneaky Pete season three yet. Uh, I have not been. I and like Sneaky Pete is one of those shows that I have praised. I loved season one. Season two was was good, uh, and I haven't even started season three. And the reason I haven't started season three is because I do this podcast and because I've got to stay current with all the new stuff. I, I have people all the time suggesting new stuff to me. I wish I yeah. could get around to it. There's just so much coming and I, it never stops. It's never ending. I'm going to the movie theater to watch three to four movies every week 
guys. I'm yeah. going to watch three to four movies. There's three to four to five to seven to eight to nine new shows coming out, and I have to watch those new shows. It's for a podcast yeah. for a podcaster trailers for all the shows that you're going to have to be watching yes, in it's, the future. It's insane. And, yeah, and it's you, crazy. And why would you talk about har- Sneaky Pete again? You've already talked about it once. No need to talk about right. it again. Yeah. Might as well watch all these other things. Exactly. And imagine if he had a significant other, Brian. Yeah. And then now you have to now you have to um, you know balance out your time between the things that you want to watch and the things that somebody else wants to mm-hmm. watch, and then it just becomes a time suck. And Jake, Trust you and I were talking about how much we wanted to go see Rocket Man. I'm like, I wanted to see Rocket. I just didn't have fucking time to get to Rocket Man. Can I talk about you want? Hey, hey, let's let's move on from streaming services, and I will talk about Rocket Man. Do you guys yeah, want talk about Rocket Man? Okay, I went and saw Rocket Man. It's a musical fantasy about the fantastical human story of Elton John's breakthrough years, directed by Dexter Fletcher, uh, who directed another Taron Egerton film, uh, which I loved. It was Eddie the Eagle. I loved that movie. Thought it was really good. He also finished the Bohemian Rhapsody film after Brian Singer was removed from that film. Uh, this movie stars uh, Taron Egerton as uh, Elton John, Jamie Bell as uh, Bernie. Uh, he was also uh, Ben Grimm in Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, if you don't remember him. Richard Madden is in the movie. Bryce Dallas Howard plays Elton John's mother. Uh, Gemma Jones, uh, Stephen McIntosh is in the film. Um my God, uh, this is one of those movies where I didn't know, like, I thought the trailers looked really good. I'm, I'm really weird about musicals, Jake, you know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the music of Elton John, so I was really hoping that this would be a fantastic movie going into it. I was really, I had my fingers crossed. And, um, this movie did not disappoint. Oh, my God. This is, this movie has all the heart. Like, this movie, I could not stop thinking about this movie on the ride home from the theater. This is an absolute Tupperware. I love this movie so much. It moved me in so many different ways. It, you think about Elton John, you think about a living legend, you think about a superstar, it humanizes him on so many levels. It, it, it really shows you what he went through and how much of a human being he is. Like, it's, it's not just about like, I'm Elton John and I'm a prodigy and I'm so good at the piano and these are the songs that I came up with and this is how the audience reacted to those songs when I played them in big, in big like halls and stuff like that. And when I went on tour, this is how the audience, like, we're going to show like, you know, like how people reacted to my music. Like it, it does that, but it also shows you Elton John, the man. And it's not just like about like, oh, okay, like he was a gay man during this time when it, when, when, when it was really looked down upon, uh, being gay. It wasn't as acceptable as it is. Like it deals with that. It does. But it also deals with the fact that he came from a, from a family that, uh, didn't a mother that didn't love him a father didn't that that didn't accept him it also shows you 
God damn it. This, it also shows you his, his addiction. It also, sh- it shows you his attempt at suicide. Like these are things that like watching the movie, like the way Dexter Fletcher filmed this, there's a scene in this movie where he attempts to kill himself. He's revived and he's, and he sees them pumping his body of the, of the pills that he's taken. He's looking at his, at what he did. He's looking at what he did to his body to kill himself. He's got to face it. And it's, it's a quick scene, but he's looking at his body being pumped to these pills and it's an eye opener. And it made me like, like I'm a Jake, I'm a suicide survivor. You know this, Scott, you know this. Like I tried to kill myself. Like I, I've seen it firsthand. Like I've been, like this movie spoke to me. And like it, it, as far as like, um, the, uh, uh, his relationship with his family, there's a, there's a, he didn't get, he didn't get affection from his mom and dad growing up. Like I didn't get that either. Like I didn't get hugs and kisses and I love yous and stuff like that growing up. I didn't get that till I was older when my parents realized that like they didn't give that to me. And there's a scene in this fucking movie that broke me in the movie where you see older Elton John hugging his younger self, like hugging his inner child. And uh, like fucking I, I, I was, I was just, this movie moved me. And the music, it, just the integration of the music is just beautiful. Like, it's like all these songs that you've grown up and you've loved. And, and as he's singing these songs, it's like, it's, some of these songs don't fit like with what's, like what's going on in the scenes. But the way, but the way that they're reacting to, they're singing these songs and the way that they're reacting to these songs just, it all, it all, it works. It, it's the most bizarre thing ever. I, this, this is an absolute Tupperware. Dexter Fletcher is one of the best directors as, like, I don't know how, um, how he did this. This is just incredible. Like, Bohemian Rhapsody, like, if he would have been given the reins on Bohemian Rhapsody from the get-go, Jake, and not Brian Singer, I, we would have got a completely different movie out of Rami Malik. Yeah, um, I agree with potentially we would have got a better performance, but I think a lot of that problem with that movie is always going to rest on the fact that Brian May, Brian May, the balls to really go out there and kind of do the dark side where I I haven't seen rocket man yet, but I've had a couple buddies that have seen it and talked to me about it. And Mm -hmm. the one thing I heard that really stuck out to me was I heard that the movie just opens right away with just a really vulnerable scene. Yes. Yep. With with Elton. And just hearing about that scene alone is a scene that Brian May would have never allowed anything like in Bohemian Rhapsody. So I do agree with you mm-hmm. that this no. director potentially would have got a better performance out of Remy, but I think the bigger problems in that movie yeah. lied with them not being able to tell an honest this story. Had, yeah, you're right. I that's something I should have taken into account here because Elton John gave his full permission to like explore that dark side and Brian may kind of like put the kibosh on, on Bohemian Rhapsody there. Dexter Fletcher is what a, what a godsend. He's talking about wanting to do a, uh, Madonna biopic. Oh man, I would love that. And I want to see that happen here. Um, this movie is an absolute Tupperware. This is one of the year's best. This movie, 
like affected me on so many levels watching this movie. It, it, it made me love not just, I, I've always loved Elton John's music. I've loved his voice. I think he's one of the most mm-hmm. amazing singers, um, most amazing talents that, that we've ever seen. But it made me appreciate him more as a person. It really opened. God damn it. It really fucking humanized him. Like he's not just like this big superstar. He's like a person with feelings and he had parents and he had this life and like, like, like I saw a lot of like some of the stuff that I went through and a lot of the stuff that a lot of people go through in their lives within Elton John. And like, I'm not saying like I, I didn't, I've never had the talent, musical talent of Elton John, but like there's, there's so many things that he went through in his life that so many other people struggle with and addiction and suicidal tendencies and like acceptance of your parents. And this movie was so amazing. This is one of the year's best. Bryce Dallas mm-hmm. Howard is fan- she Bryce Dallas Howard is fantastic in this movie. Jamie Bell is fantastic. Taron Egerton needs some Oscar consideration for this. Another thing that's so much fun in this movie is just the costume changes in it. These are just <laughs> all the iconic outfits that Elton John is known for that you've seen him wear in different performances. Like it half of the fun of this movie is just watching the costume changes as well. This movie is not just like just like an emotional roller coaster. It's a lot of fun too. Like it's 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 just a, a beautiful uh, mix of like music that you've grown up and you've loved. And then you, I feel like you grow closer to like Elton John, uh, throughout this movie. I love it. I Tupperware, it's one of the year's best movies. Uh, absolutely nice. see this in theaters. Um, if you can see this in, uh, Dolby Digital with, uh, with amazing sound, with amazing acoustics, I highly recommend it. This is, this is one of the year's best. Um, I, I was worried about this one. I'm not a huge musical fan. But you know what? This is music I've grown up with. Taron Egerton knocks it out of the ballpark. Really, yeah. really hits, uh, does the vocals justice in this movie. And, uh, I love it. Tupperware all the way. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe not, maybe not fair to say, but I mean, that's something Remy Malik didn't even try to do. So, and I mean, you know, Freddie Mercury is such an iconic voice, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'd argue so is fucking Elton John. I yeah, would, but yeah. I mean, what got me in? What got me hooked? Like, okay, so the trailer is really good. Elton John. We were Dan Ramirez and I were talking about it earlier in the week. It's like it's my first concert. Um, seen him four times. I, I just, you know, I think that all of us have memories of his music. So I'm I'm intrigued on that level. But as soon as I got a hold of the soundtrack and I listened to a couple of the tracks, and it's not just Elton John's music, but it, it's it's in the style of Elton John. So they really take some liberties with, with the songs and kind of make up their own. And I was like, Oh wow. So they're, they're going to tell the story using the music, but it's not a concert pick. This is a, here's, here's the song and here's what it means in his life. And this is going to move the story forward. And I'm all in, I'm totally all in on that because I mean, I, I really honestly believe between um, Elton and Bertie Taupin when they when they wrote the music that made him so successful, successful, all those iconic pieces, that a lot of it did tie in 
to the he was living and i was that's amazing and powerful shit and that's what i'm really excited about so i'm gonna pre-tupperware this movie so um hopefully i can drag lynn to it tomorrow if not i'm gonna sneak away and 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 go check it out yeah i this is one that you've got to see in the theaters this is one of the year's best you've got I, i i think this is just the perfect storm of elton john wanting to really get his story out there and um it's also like the perfect storm of like getting the uh, getting an actor and a and a director in here that wanted to to tell this story and um they they like they don't they don't shy away from like his homosexuality they keep the sex scene in the movie um they you know like this is it it's it, this God damn it, Jake! This is this is this is fucking great. It's a fucking great movie, man. It's really fucking good. Yeah, I can't fucking wait. You know, um, I've been so terrible these last couple of years with these musicals and listening to the uh, soundtrack before I see the movie. And oh man, I I want to so bad, but I've forced myself not to uh, listen to the soundtrack on Spotify, even though I've already got it downloaded and everything. So I, I really want to see this movie first. I I don't think it'll hurt. Jake, I really, Shut I really up, Scott. Don't. I'm trying not to. I'm trying. I'm trying not to listen to all of it either. But I mean, there's one track near the end, and as soon as I listen to it, eh, holy shit, I'm I'm in. I'm in a hundred percent. Please, so, please watch this, everybody. Scott, Jake, see this in the theater. Support this movie. Every, all of our listeners watch this movie in the theater. Like I, 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 this movie was so therapeutic for me. It really was like it, like it takes you through an emotional roller coaster, but it was also very therapeutic for me. Like I, I felt at the end of this movie, it was just like it spoke to me. There, there's just a, some of the imagery and stuff. Like I talked about Elton John. You see an older Elton John. I, I hate to spoil this, but like I don't think it'll take anything away from it. Just me saying it is not going to take anything away from the moment. But an older Elton John, like hugging his younger self was just like one of the most powerful things I've ever seen in film. It it really was because from the journey that you take at the beginning of this movie and throughout the film you kind of see like where this character goes, where where the, where where Elton goes and by the end of the movie where he's hugging himself, it's 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 like it's like you needed that. You you needed to see that. You that 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 got the point across that everything's going to be okay for this guy. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't matter like what um what you've grown up with, like with what with what hurdles you've had in your life with with like um if you didn't feel love from your mom or your dad, it doesn't matter. It's all about you at the end of the day. Can you love yourself? Can you love yourself at the end of the day? Can you care more about yourself? Can you let go of the past and love yourself and know that there's something more for you out there? There's a message to this movie. And it is. It, it, this is a beautiful movie. Like if people walk out of this movie and they're sitting there and they're bitching about like, well, I don't think that it promoted the LGBTQ movement that much. Or I don't think that it it was accurate in this representation of Elton John's life. No, I'm going to say fuck off with all that shit. Stop it for once. 
there's a there's there's something beautiful in this movie. I think something more beautiful that Elton John wanted to get across to everybody is that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter if you're straight or you're gay or it doesn't matter any of that stuff. What's important is at the end of the day that you love yourself. And once you love yourself, then you can finally find the love that you deserve in this life. Once you finally love yourself. And I, I, I think that was a, an important message. And I think like even at the end of the movie and like kind of like the, uh, you know, like when they show you like where Elton's at now and stuff like that. And it shows you that like Elton's happy now. He's married. He's got kids. And, and it, I, I, I can't, I cannot tell you how much I, I love this movie. I adore this movie. I can't wait to own it. I can't wait to watch it again. It's it's an incredible film, guys. It like it, it not just from like a cinematography and the music and all that stuff. Like it's it makes you feel things. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. You know, <sighs> sorry guys. Woo! I had, <laughs> moments ago, I had Scott falling asleep on the episode, and I don't know. It's Scott. Are you? <laughs> have I rejuvenated you at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, I've got uh I've just got a couple more things to talk about. Um Jesus Christ, we talked about streaming services a lot more than I thought we would talk. Do you uh, you want me to knock out these things real quick or you guys need a break? Uh I would love a quick break. Scott? That's fine. All right, we're going to break. Listen, group. It's simple. If you want to help the pop culture leftovers, Go to the popcultureleftovers.com and do all your shopping from the Amazon link. I am Groot. It doesn't cost you extra, and it helps the leftovers. Got it? I am Groot. Yeah, people can buy hats at Amazon. Are you still hung up on that hats thing? I am Groot. Yeah, okay, I got it. You don't have to buy your hats there. I am Groot. You're impossible. For anyone else who doesn't have a strange or borderline psychotic hatred for hats, please head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon link already. I am Groot. And now you're wearing a hat. Not freaking give up. Attention. The following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCL might be harmful to your health. I'm Yaden Palm. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCL, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... <laughs> the cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point I jumped up and said to her, Well there, honey, I didn't know you were sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me, I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain! Get your umbrella! All in all, the condition isn't that bad, because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N, Paul Vio. All right. Hey, we are back. Uh, more good pop, bad pop. Jake, I'm going to pass it off to you. What do you got? Yeah, I watched the uh, Deadwood movie that came out on HBO on Friday. Um, super excited for this. Um, this was a show that 14 years ago had three seasons and got canceled. You know, it was kind of a different age of television back then, even though this was always a highly critically acclaimed show with lots of star power. It didn't pull the ratings. So they just canned it without any kind of proper conclusion. I mean, in today's day and age, we kind of see that even when shows, especially on premium cable networks like HBO, 
don't get good ratings, they still like leftovers, for example, you know, they still let it have its proper send off, you know, in the story, even with a shortened season or something. But Deadwood just never got that. And there was always talk that we would get this kind of movie for closure. And it almost got to a point where I didn't think that was even ever going to happen. Just kind of aligning all the stars and getting all the different people to be able to even be on set at the same time to make this thing. I definitely didn't want like a arrested development season four mishap with the Deadwood movie. So I'm glad they got everyone together. Um, I'm just going to outright say that this movie was a giant Tupperware for me. Um, it's not perfect. It has its problems. It's a, a little bit, a little bit more sappy than I wanted just kind of with the whole reuniting everyone aspect, but it still gets super gritty, just like classic Deadwood. Um, it had some shocks that I wasn't expecting. Um, a very fan favorite character has something really awful happened to him that got me pretty emotional. And man, by the end and the conclusion, when you find out kind of who the main villain of this story is and what's going to happen, I was just fist pumping excited to see kind of the, the main sequence at the end of this thing. I, I absolutely loved this. Um, it finally, I finally feel comfortable telling people they should watch this show. Cause this has always been one of my all time favorite shows. And it's, you don't want to tell people to watch it because there's just no closure. That last episode of season three is practically a cliffhanger. Mm. And so it's just very frustrating. You don't want to, there's so much, we were just talking about how much content there is out there. The last thing you want to do is watch something that's not even completed. Yeah. But now this movie does give you that closure. Not perfect. Obviously a long form six to 10 episode, you know, one more season could have done more, but I still think this was very good. Very nice. So glad this got made. It was so awesome. Deadwood is kind of what brought Ian McShane to the forefront for me. I'd never really seen this actor but in much before or recognized him in things before until this. And I mean, I've just been a massive fan of his since this. And yeah, it, it was so it was so fun. I mean, I didn't really read a synopsis or list the actors, but I mean, this is the kind of thing that you do not want to watch just as a one and done. It definitely does not work that way. If you had no Deadwood experience and you're like, I'm going to get my Deadwood fix by watching this movie and seeing what it's all about. You will probably not like this movie. It definitely carries its baggage. You kind of have to know the characters and the storyline before going in. There's three or four brief five second flashbacks to some key events to kind of jumpstart you when some character interactions happen. But even that is, is very subtle. You, you, you kind of need to know the plot line and the story going in. Um, I guess that's a negative, but I mean, you shouldn't be watching this anyway if you're not familiar with this show or looking for that closure that you've been waiting for. And if you've never seen Deadwood, I mean, now's the time. Get on HBO Go and check it out. It is one of the best, probably the best Western episodic television series I've ever seen. Yeah, I uh, I loved. Uh, what is it? Well, people talk about that. Justified is it? Justified? They're saying that's good. It's got. Uh, is it justified? Yeah, and that's got the same actor in it. Timothy Oliphant. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one either. But uh, I saw the first season of uh, Deadwood, and it is incredible. I stopped watching uh, because it didn't have that ending. I'm definitely going to start up on season two when I do have the time. And uh, finish season two and three, and then get this movie 
knocked out because uh yeah that first season is really 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 good so powers booth died in the interim though so he he did die he did die there's there's a brief nod to his character for sure okay um Oh yeah, man! This this energized me so much watching it too. I actually watched this after Godzilla, and I remember thinking on the drive home, I'm probably going to watch half of this tonight and then catch the other half before we podcast today. And I once I got halfway through this, I was in. You were, I was like, okay, yeah, we're finish finishing it. this out. How long is it? Is it is it like a two hour movie? It's it's about exactly two hours. Mm. Um, when you pop it up on Go, it comes in at like an hour. 58 and there's about you know the classic hbo three minutes of previews so yeah it's about an hour 56 with all the stuff cut out of it very cool very cool yeah check out the deadwood movie if you're a fan of deadwood check it out on hbo it is out now tupperware from jake that's awesome glad to hear it yeah man i was really scared i i didn't know if this was you know a lot of times when they do these like returns. It, yeah. You just never know how that's going to go. And everyone was in true form, definitely giving it their all. And yeah, it was exciting and sad and funny and man, action packed when it got to the end. Uh, I saw the uh, new thriller out in theaters now, Ma with uh, Octavia Spencer. I'm sure you guys have seen the trailers for this one. Uh, Scott, did oh, you, yeah. you get a chance to see this one at all? No, it's also also on our list uh, yeah. for the weekend. It's either going to be Rocket Man or Ma tomorrow. Uh, Lynn really wants to see Ma. Uh, it's about a lonely woman befriends a group of teenagers and decides to let them party at her house. Just when the kids think their luck couldn't get any better, th- things start happening that make them question the intention of their host. It's directed by Tate Taylor. Uh, he's an actor and director. He's known for The Help, uh, Winter's Bone, and uh, Pretty Ugly People. Stars, like I said, Octavia Spencer. Uh, Diana Silvers plays Maggie. Uh, she was also in, uh, most recently she was in, uh, Booksmart. Um, she was the, uh, she was wearing that, like, uh, country western jacket, Jake, in that movie. She was the really, okay. yeah, she was like, a, she was really cool in that movie. I liked her. Uh, Juliette Lewis is in this movie. She, uh, Michaeli Miller, uh, Corey Fogelmanis, uh, he played Andy. He was Farkle on, uh, Girl Meets World, that Disney show, uh, Gianna Paolo and uh, Dante Brown. I um, I really like this movie. Uh, yes, the trailer gave a lot away. The trailer did give a lot away. I'm not going to talk about that. If you've seen the trailer, you know what I talk about, and you can kind of see where this movie is going to go. But um, I enjoyed it. There were some shocking things that still happened in this movie. Um, Octavia Spencer is a Tupperware. I'm going to give the movie overall a high taste it. Her performance, though, Octavia Spencer is a Tupperware. She's really good, and um, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. It's probably one that I would watch again if it just happened to pop up on TV, but I enjoyed uh, watching this movie in the theater. She does some things to these kids and some people in the movie, and you just... There was one point in this movie where she does something to a character, and I had to cover one of my eyes and like watch out of the other oh, eye just to make sure that I was still watching it, but like not fully watching it because it was that kind of horrific. Um, I'd say the <laughs> closest, yeah, I'd say the closest thing that I can kind of compare this to is like, uh, misery with, uh, Kathy Bates. Um, I, you know, there's a character mm-hmm. that I don't even want to talk about in this movie cause it would spoil things. 
So if you think that you've seen everything from the trailer, there is a little bit more to this story. Um, and uh, the trailer is actually kind of misleading. <laughs> the whole reason that she is the way that she is is not what they make it to be- make you believe in the theater uh, in the trailer. Excuse me. By the time you watch it in the movie, um, you'll be pleasantly surprised. I, I'll give it a high taste that I do recommend that people watch Ma. If they don't watch it in the theater, definitely this is definitely worthy of a rental. So I'm excited that you liked it. From the trailer, I thought this could easily go either way, right? This yeah. could easily be a toss it and be really stupid. So I'm glad that you seem to enjoy it. I liked it. I thought it was actually a lot of fun. Um, did you guys watch the Rambo Last Blood, Blood trailer? No. I did not. Scott? No, I did not. Really? You guys did not watch this? You, are you guys aware... I'm not going to lie. I saw that the music was Old Town Road, and I refused. Scott, did you see that the trailer was released? Did you not just – did you click on it or like I, – I haven't seen the trailer. I, I had no idea it was released. This last week was really uh, really rough. I had, a, I had a rough week at work, so it wasn't yeah. like I had a whole okay. lot of time to go on Facebook and stuff like that. And All right. We were busy at night, so I just I just missed it. I'm rocking this solo. I'm the then. asshole, man. I'm, it's all good. I'm rocking this solo. Um, yeah, this is, uh, they released the teaser trailer for Rambo Last Blood. And, um, this is coming from Lionsgate. It's the final installment in the, uh, Rambo series. He's now living on the family ranch in Arizona. And, uh, he, his friend an estate manager tells him that uh his granddaughter uh that her granddaughter excuse me uh went missing in Mexico so rambo then goes south to mexico meets up with a journalist whose half sister has also been kidnapped and Rambo and this journalist uncover a sex trafficking ring and then Rambo is going to in Rambo style save these girls and then take down a sex trafficking crime lord played by Sergio Paris Manchetta. Um, it also has in this trailer they visit his ranch home. And so a lot of people have been comparing this trailer to Home Alone where, you know, they're trying to take over his house and (laughs) he's got to defend it. And I see that and I Tupperware the fuck out of this trailer. This is just like – this is this like old Rambo defending his home and, you know, using that bow and – all the all the firepower that we've seen him use before in you know previous movies to to take on uh, this uh, sex trafficking ring. This looks incredible. It looks it looks it looks awesome. I love it. We've got you know just like a retired Rambo and he's brought out of retirement. This like this looks like the perfect send off for Rambo. I I Tupperware this trailer. I thought it looked fantastic. Cannot wait yeah. for this movie. I just went ahead and watched the trailer while you were talking about it, and I suffered through Old Town Road to check this out. And 
it was a pretty decent trailer. I I definitely see the Home Alone comparisons, and I that part was actually happening the second you were saying that, and I definitely <laughs> giggled to myself when the, he did the trip wire and triggered the crossbow yes. and it got him at yeah. the door. Like literally, while you're describing that, and I I had the hit mute to stifle a, a giggle there. But yeah, I think I agree with you. I think this is the perfect setup setup slash send off for Rambo. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been kind of cheeky to figure out a way to squeeze him into another war or another yeah. like current type of overseas conflict at this point. And um yeah, I like it's a very noble and just cause that he's trying to kick ass for too. So it's gonna be very easy to cheer for Rambo. I think no matter who you are. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a smart plot move here. Yeah, this looks good. I, I I am definitely more excited to see another Rambo than I would be to see another Rocky. Yeah, I, I'm in the same camp. After Creed 2, which was still good, it just wasn't great in my opinion. And, you know, they're talking about, like, this new Rambo story where Rambo goes to Mexico. No, excuse me, Rocky. Rocky goes to Mexico, finds an immigrant boxer, and then brings him back here and trains him and all this stuff. I'm still not interested in that story either. But the, I Tupperware yeah, this trailer. I, it looks it looks so good. This looks so fitting for Rambo. I'll go ahead and high taste it. it. It was a very good trailer, and I will still toss Old Town Road. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I love the trailer. I thought it was great. Did you guys watch the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance trailer? This is the I did watch this prequel. I did not. God damn it, Scott! What are you doing? Are you sleeping all week? No, I'm fucking with you. Um, Netflix released the trailer for uh, Dark Crystal: The Age of Resistance. It's going to be a ten episode prequel series. Uh, this is based on the Jim Henson's film uh, The Dark Crystal, which came out in 1982. It's going to be directed by Louis Lettierer, Uh and it uh, is going to be. Um, Voiced, I mean, we got voice actors here. Taron Egerton, who I just recently talked about, uh, from the, uh, Rocketman movie. He's also in the Kingsman films. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is gonna be in this movie. Love her. Uh, Natalie, Natalie, uh, Emmanuel and, uh, Helen, Helena Bonham Carter is gonna, uh, be in this. Mark Hamill, uh, has got a role. Keegan Michael Key. Andy Sandberg is gonna be in this movie as well. Like, huge cast here. Um, this is going to, uh, be all pretty much puppetry. They, they, they are going to use some green screen technology to remove the puppeteers from what we're seeing here. And you see that in the trailer with all the special effects, but it's all puppets being done here. It's all digital and, to me, uh, it was the same way they were just green screen a regular actor, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks a lot like the original. It's got a lot of the same original. Yeah, you could tell it's puppets kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it's it's practical effects. They tried to do use as much practical practical effects as they could, but uh, of course, with some of this action stuff, they had to use green screen. But um, this is going to premiere on August thirtieth. I think that this looks absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to see this. I'm going to, you know, it's been a while since I've watched The Dark Crystal, I'll be honest with you. I'll have to watch. I mean, it's probably been a decade or so since I've seen it. Um, I will watch it again, and then I can't wait to blaze through 
these 10 episodes. I think it looks absolutely phenomenal. Like this is another one of those things where Netflix is just like, okay, yeah, now we've got, uh, now we've got some Jim Henson in here, which is crazy, Jake, because Disney owns the Muppets now. So yeah, that is crazy. Um, yeah, honestly, this trailer absolutely blew my dick off. Um, this was a complete Tupperware for me. Um, I, I could barely believe what I was seeing. I watched this thing like three times in a row mm. and just the, the puppetry and the craftsmanship. And I was blown away by like the lighting in the scenes and just how all the backgrounds and everything just looks so legitimate. Um, wow. I, I didn't think they could make something like this that could be taken seriously in today's day and age. And, it's like they fucking did it, man. I, I almost didn't believe this Dark Crystal thing could be good until seeing this trailer. And now I, I have full confidence that this is just going to be so amazing. I oh, This is the kind of thing that I wish it would come out once a week because this is just going to suck 10 hours away from me the second it exists. Yeah, yeah. Scott, you didn't see, you didn't watch this? No, I just watched it. Okay. I, I watched the Rambo one, too. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm talking about it. But where's his bandana? That's my only thing. Uh, now um, everybody's completely lost. Rainbow no, I, 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 he wore a bandana, and uh, you, you asked that you asked a very pertinent question, and I was trying to come formulate a uh, a proper response to where is uh, the bandana, and then I realized it doesn't matter at all. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's how, how else do you tell the difference between uh, Rocky and Rambo without the bandana? <laughs> got to have their bandana, Drew. You got to have the bandana. Maybe they will digitally insert that <laughs> in the final cut for you, Scott. Yeah, if enough people bitch about no bandana, <laughs> no. they'll, they'll redo it. All right. What'd you th- anyway, Dark Crystal, Like uh, as far as like looking at uh, the Dark Crystal trailer, I mean, what did you think, Scott? Did it... I mean, for me, it looks incredible. Yeah, it looks really good. Like I said, it, it looked just like uh, – it has the same feel as the original movie yeah. that, I, that I can remember. So that will be great. It will be, it'll be, it'll be interesting if we could watch the original one and then go right to the new show and see – because they have some of the same characters and a lot of the same characters they look like. Uh, even the side little – characters uh seem to be popping up in the trailer so that'd be kind of neat to see how they uh work their way into the series absolutely yeah it looks good i can't wait to see it august what does it come out august 30th august 30th so end of summer we'll be able to watch uh Dark Crystal, what do they call it? Uh, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. That sounds like a fucking Transformers title, doesn't it, Jay? Yeah, Wolf. I I was like trying to dig for that title and I could not do it. Yeah, that title's the worst part about the show so far. Transformers, Age of Resistance. The Age of Resistance. Oh no, we're in the Age <laughs> of Resistance. Ah! <laughs> There are no strings on me. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a pretty generic title. Yeah. <laughs> Age of Res- I hope, uh, Jake, what would it take for that title to, like, really hit home with you and at the end of the day for you to say, like, wow, I really do feel as if I've witnessed the Age of Resistance. <laughs> the Age of Resistance. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of resistance. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it would take a lot of resisting. Yeah, it would. It would take like a lot of resisting for me to be like, yeah, wow, they nailed it with that title. That's uh, definitely the uh, Dark Crystal colon the Age of Resistance. I think a better title would have been The Edge of Resistance. What are we, what are we, what are we calling this? Uh, uh, TDC? <laughs> AOR? AOR? TDC AOR, is that going to be the hashtag going out there, Jake? I think we'll just call it the Dark Crystal TV show. <laughs> okay. All right. Dark, Dark Crystal Netflix, right? Yeah, no. This is the last time you'll ever hear anyone say the words "age of resistance." Age of resistance. Fuck off with that shit. Age of <laughs> resistance. Okay. Uh, dark crystal, full throttle. How about that? I'm there. Yeah. I want too dark, too crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else watch uh, any good omens on Amazon Prime? I saw the first episode. I did too, uh, Scott. Did. Let me guess. I, I have not watched it yet. Sorry. Okay. Let me start off by saying Good Omens is based on the 1990 novel Good Omens, The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter, which by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, a co-production between Amazon Studios and BBC Studios. The six-part series was directed by Douglas McKinnon and written by Gaiman, who served as showrunner. The series stars an ensemble cast featuring David Tennant, Michael Sheen, John Hamm, Anna Maxwell Martin, Josie Lawrence, Adria Arjona, uh, Michael McKeenan, Jack Whitehall, Miranda Richardson, and Nick Offerman. Uh, it's set in 2018. The series follows the demon Crowley, played by David Tennant, and the angel Azafali. I can't even say that name. Azafali, uh, played by uh, Michael Sheen, who, being accustomed to life on Earth, seek to prevent the coming of the Antichrist, and with it, the final battle between heaven and hell. Um, I know that uh, uh, Dan West loves this this novel, and um, I wanted to watch at least the first episode of this to see if this is something that I was into. And um, I can tell you 100% after watching this episode that I, Jake, I loved this. This was this was fantastic for me. I I thought it was great. I, I loved the the whole uh, demons and angels thing. I love the fact that David Tennant is this demon. He's lived on Earth, you know, since the creation of Earth, and uh, has actually fallen in love with um, our society, the way that we live, and and. Um, same thing with Michael Sheen's angel character. Uh, yeah, both of them. Yeah, and they both love it here, and like they know the prophecy. They know that that the Antichrist is going to be born. They know that the Antichrist, once he hits eleven, is going to. Uh, there's a point where the Antichrist finds the a dog, and that's going to become like his uh, hellhound, and. Um, Days after that is going to be the end of the earth, and they're trying to prevent this. Um, how are they going to prevent this? They're going to both of them influence this child. Of course, David Tennant as a demon is going to talk about death and destruction, but um, Michael Sheen's character, this angel, um, is going to also kind of like 
fill this uh, this antichrist child with like love and wisdom and like good things and try to um, you know they're basically trying to stop the 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 uh, the end of the world here um, Jake I love the the I want to get your thoughts here in a second but man I, I thought some of the narration in this. I know Frances McDormand, she's the voice of God, the narrator in this movie. And that's fine. I, I love her. I think she's great. But, like, the narration in this as they're talking about, like, the the night that uh, the babies are born and, like, this whole switch happens was just one of the best scenes I've ever seen in something. It really reminded me of kind of like some of the funny narration that we got in Legion season two. Um, I Tupperware this first episode. I cannot wait to, I, I would have watched more, but I, I just realized that this series, like this season just dropped on Amazon yesterday and I only had time to watch one episode with the with the two movies. I did a double feature today at the theater. I didn't have enough time to watch anymore. But I love this. I love the interaction between Tenet and Sheen. Um, I love the story that we have going here. This is a can't miss for me. I cannot wait to watch the rest of this. I'm excited. I'm as I'm as excited about this as I was about American Gods season one on Stars. This is an absolute Tupperware for me, dude. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm a big fan of the original book myself. Um, I, I just love Terry Pratchett in general. And this met and exceeded my expectations for this show. I mean, this is something I've wanted for over a decade. And, yeah, this was absolutely brilliant, I thought. Um, I thought the narration was on point. Um, it really felt like Terry Pratchett come to life, the way they did the narration and then kind of showing you the things. Um I mean, you pretty much kind of said it all. Um, I, I, I love John Hamm. I thought was fantastic in this. Yeah. Um, as Gabriel, the Archangel, Nick and Offerman. This, <laughs> oh, Nick Offerman was hilarious during yeah. the uh, childbirth sequence. I thought. Um, and my, the scene between Michael Sheen and John Hamm, I thought was just really great. Mm. And yeah, I, I love these just two characters and the interactions that they have with each other. Um, I'm just so excited to see the next five episodes and kind of some of my favorite stuff play out live action. Now that I know that they're going to do such like not necessarily faithful job, but like so true to the spirit. Mm. And so, man, I, this was fantastic. I, this could have easily been cheesy and dumb and eye rolling and they actually pulled it off. Um, absolutely loved it. And like, even plenty of Easter eggs for fans of the books. Like some of the jokes aren't there, but the jokes definitely still exist here, which I thought was really cool. Just like nods with like some of the music choices and just some of the stuff that you see during the drinking scene. Um, really cool. Just nods to people that are super familiar with the source material, not ignoring stuff, but it, it's definitely still there within the world. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, I, I loved this. I'm in the same boat. Um, had I had more time this weekend, I yeah. would have just sat and watched all six episodes of this. Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to be watching a couple movies that I'm going to be reviewing for Scenic Cast. But other than that, I'm going to be trying to knock out as many episodes of this as I can. Scott, you got to get on this. This is really awesome shit. This is really fucking good. All right, we'll, we'll get on. I'll add it to the list. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm it's telling a you. growing list of shit I got to watch. It's a growing list. It's a growing list. But uh, here, here's the thing. Just give yourself 15 minutes with this show. Okay. And then that 15 mm-hmm. minutes will turn into an additional 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes will turn into an additional 15 minutes. Before you know it, you finish the episode. And then you're like, oh, my God, this is an absolute Tupperware. Cannot wait to start episode two. And episode two will be waiting for you no matter what. And that, I can't wait for that, Jake. I can't wait to return to Good Omens, episode two. It's a six-episode miniseries. I, I, I got to commit to six episodes. I'm perfectly fine with that after the quality of episode one. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's, cool. it's one and done, too. There's not going to be a season two. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Um, let's see. I, that's all I got for Good Pop, Bad Pop. This week, do you guys have anything else that you wanted to finish on for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah, I'm good to move on. I'm good, and uh, I'm, I'm starting to fade. You're tapping so, out. Scott's tapping out! Well, <laughs> I, I, I was on mute, and I started to yawn, and I yawned again. And, and you, you just... You can't have that. It's just, it's just not part of the repertoire. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to bail. But I appreciate the opportunity of hanging with two of my favorite people and chatting about uh, all sorts of groovy shit. Yeah, we love having you on, dude. We love having you on. Um, real quick before you go, thoughts. I'm jumping in the news. Thoughts on Tony Todd returning to Jordan Peele's Candyman? Oh, Jesus Christ! Please, I, I gotta get uh, this. I gotta get I, this out of you. Yeah, I know. I mean, you and I talked on the break while we while we were going through that. Um, Tony Todd is a horror icon. Yes, and I'm so fucking glad that they're bringing him back. And by the way, he can still hang. You know what I'm saying? I, I he was in. Uh, oh my gosh, he was in um, all three of the Hatchet movies. I don't know if you saw Hatchet, but Hatchet's one of those horror um, movie series that came out. Um, not too long ago, so he was in that. He was in, of course, he was in. Oh shoot, um, ah, the carnival movie, the fear. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Hell. What was it called? Hellfest. Hellfest. Yeah. And he was totally cool. My friend, um, I have a friend of mine who, yeah. um, believe it or not, uh, I'm dear friends with Jane Plank. Um, Lynn and I both are. Jane Plank was um, one of the Mighty Ducks, so she was the ballerina who scores the winning goal. Uh, and she and her are good friends. That being said, she's now on the con circuit, and she sent me a picture of her with Tony Todd, who was also on the con circuit with her. And mm. I'm like, you lucky son of a bitch. So mm. anyway, Tony Todd's a horror icon. He's got some of the most luscious, not Dan Ramirez luscious, but almost as luscious as those pipes. And I'm just – you can't do Candyman without Tony Todd, so I'm so glad that – uh that uh, Jordan Peele's bringing him back. I, yeah. That's just totally great. I don't think he's going to be the Candyman, though. He's, right? he's going to have a. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not a. It's not a reboot. This is a sequel. So. He, oh. He, okay. Here. Here's what he said. He was at um, uh, Nickel City Con in New York, which is a con I've never heard of, and it probably only costs a nickel to get into. I've never heard right. of Nickel City Con. I have no idea. But like this yeah. comes from <laughs> Cinema Blend. They, uh, this is Tony Todd, and he says, I, out of the blue, I got a phone call from Jordan Peele. We're still waiting for the contract. But the way he explained it to me was that it's going to be a plause-worthy moment. 
That's his words. No matter what happens with that, it's just going to be put, uh, it's just going to put renewed attention on the original. This is a sequel. This is not a reboot. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, I'm so glad that we, again, going back to what I said earlier, we, we're so blessed to be living in this time. Um, Jordan Peele is doing some amazing shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're caught up on the Twilight Zone, but that's been out of the park. It He's got, got renewed two- for season two. Oh, so fucking good. And then, you know, of course, we got Us and um, Don't, um, not Don't Breathe. What was it? Um, Get out. See, I'm fading. Get out. Get out. Get out, shooty. Um, yeah, no, I, we're going to look back on this time and the, and the stuff that this guy is creating right now and be like, wow, we were so blessed. I can't wait to see what he does with Candyman. I love Candyman, but I, I can't – I don't want to put it. I'm just really excited for when he puts his thumbprint on something that I already love mm-hmm. and how much better that's going to be. Yeah. And I'm confident in it. I'm totally confident it's going to be that much better because he had influence on it. I agree. He was involved in Ma as a producer, I believe. Man, you really want me going to see Ma now. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it's be- good. It's good. I'm not saying it's going to change your life, but I'm saying like <laughs> it's good. It's not a bad movie by any stretch. It's it's good. I, I enjoyed it. Mrs. Shooty loves horror, so anytime we can get out to a good horror uh, we'll do that. Oh, by the way, as a complete aside, have either of you seen Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, of oh, course. Oh, yeah, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Which one? Are as- you talking about Rick Moranis or Jack Nicholson? Um, Rick Moranis. Of course. Well, Rick, uh, Jack Nicholson also did Little Shop of Horrors, people. No, they had the Broadway play here in town, so our anniversary was mm-hmm. uh, Thursday. Yeah. And we Congrats. went and saw the Broadway show. Have any either of you seen the Broadway musical Little Shop of Horrors? I have not no. seen it. The ending is different. Well, the ending well, for the movie yeah. is originally different. Have you seen the the original ending that was released online years ago for Little Shop of Horrors, the film? With the Rick Moranis one? It was, yes. uh, it was yeah, the Rick Moranis one. Uh, Audrey 2... Um, survives and basically is gigantic and has like taken over like uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. Have you seen that? No, that sounds awesome. Yeah, check it out, man. It's yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's on YouTube. Downer ending. They all die. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. In the in the Broadway play, they all get eaten. Yep, they're, they're all eaten. Yeah, yeah. And that, I was not expecting that. I'm like, oh, these, this is where he goes, and and you know, so Audrey gets eaten, and I'm like. Well, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Jake, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen that. I, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's I'm a huge Frank Oz fan, and that's kind of a legendary story about Frank Oz versus the you know Hollywood studio and the and the suits. Yeah, um, they just would not let him have that dour ending where he was killing off both main characters and having the plant win and basically he destroying Earth. Yeah, like pretty much. Two out there for him. Speaking yeah. about original endings, have you ever seen the uh, the extended version of the Abyss and the original ending to that movie? It's so much. I better. have. It's, oh, it's so good. It's so much better, isn't it, Scott? It makes the movie that much better. The movie was good. Yes. That ending is great. That ending like, is great. I like 
it would put that movie on a completely different sci-fi level. Like we'd all be talking about that movie. Yeah. Right. Right up there with Terminator. Like, oh, the abyss, the abyss. Oh my god, it was so much better. Dude, dude, you wouldn't believe it. Like, I, I did. Okay, I was watching. Uh, there's been, <laughs> there's been a couple times in my life where I've watched movies that I've seen a million times. Jake, you'll remember. Like, it was either HBO or Cinemax would play The Abyss like all the time growing up, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So we we'd seen that movie a million times. So The Abyss was playing on Sci-Fi back in the day, back on the Sci-Fi Channel, back when it wasn't spelled S Y F Y, back when it was S C I F I. Back yeah, so that yeah, that Sci-Fi. I'm talking like 90s. I'm I'm talking like I was a teenager watching The Abyss on Sci-Fi and they're playing it and all of a sudden, Jake, I'm watching it, dude. And I'm seeing an ending that I've never seen before. I'm like, what is going on here? Okay, so this massive wave, you know, like we, we, I've seen, we've seen that scene in the movie, this massive wave over this beach, but it's, the massive wave just stops. And then all of a sudden, like, it shows, like, you know, like this, uh, this, it's almost like a projector, like this screen shows up on this wave and it starts talking about like the destruction that we've done as humans to the planet. And this is like why the aliens are there and blah, blah, blah. It like totally, it totally like lays out like why the aliens are there in the first place. And, uh, I was just like, holy shit. I was like, I was freaking out because I'm like 13 and no, I was like 13 or 14. I'm like, I've seen this movie a hundred times. And I'm like, what is going, what is going on? Like, did I totally miss this from my first viewings? What is going on? It's a completely different ending. But, um, I love it. And I don't, and another movie that did that was Goonies. Did you ever see the, the octopus, the giant squid octopus creature? No. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks so bad that was it Donner? could just could even do it yeah like they like i i remember watching that movie for years and like there's a line in that movie scott at the end of the movie where Corey feldman says something like we we battled a giant octopus and it makes no sense in the context of the film <laughs> it makes no sense it's like something like you you hear it but you don't it doesn't register um but when you there's a deleted scene that they played on they they aired it on like uh Disney Channel on uh and they edited a bunch of stuff as far as like the dirty stuff that they couldn't air on Disney Channel but right. they added to make up those minutes they added this deleted scene and seeing that for the first time they're battling an octopus in the movie <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. So, yeah, crazy. Crazy shit. Look at I'm sure that scene's available on YouTube if you've never seen it, people. So just uh, Google uh, Goonies Octopus and you'll find uh, information about that. Goonies Octopus. I'm on it. <laughs> I'm on it. Scott, thank you for joining us, man. Oh, my, my pleasure. Thanks for putting up with my bullshit. Um, you guys have a great rest of the show. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to my scarf, and uh, we'll be we'll be chatting later, everybody. Absolutely, we'll have later, you back Scott. on, Scott. You better show up at C two E two this year. Well, next year I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to. Yeah, we uh, this last year was. Uh, yeah. Well, this year has been just been a rough year for me, but uh, well, it'll get better. And then uh, I 
I gotta drag uh, Vitaly and Isaac out there too. Yep, yep. We gotta Definitely. get those guys out there. And we'll have the old man corner. We'll all be sitting in the corner griping about shit, and then we'll all be going to bed at nine thirty too. So your name was mentioned at C two E two this year. Your name was oh, mentioned. Oh no. No, Who I owe money to. It was good things. It was all good stuff. It was like, man, it's not the same without him. So, uh, yeah, that's nice. It's true. That's, all yeah. right. Well, I love you guys, and thanks again. Thanks for putting up with my bullshit. I, I got it early morning, so I'll be uh, chatting with you guys later. We will talk to you later, man. All right, later, Scott. Bye-bye. Greetings, leftover army. Pop culture leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow The Leftovers on Instagram at Instagram.com slash PopCultureLeftovers and on Tumblr at PopCultureLeftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we're back. Oh, fuck, Jake. I don't know how much I got left in me now. Yeah, let's blaze through some news and get some food and go to bed. Yeah, let's do that shit. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't know. You want to top? You want to talk uh, Top Gun Maverick? Oh man, that's like my blind spot, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you've never seen Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: John Hamm was talking about uh, he's going to be in Top Gun Maverick, and uh, this is uh, the sequel to the 1984 Tom Cruise movie. Um, he was doing some press for Good Omens and they talked to him about this. He said, um, they're using some technology on this that is never before seen. We're shooting the movie in, I think, 6K. So it's incredibly high def. The aerial footage is mind blowing and it's mostly practical. There's not a lot of CG. Those guys are really up in planes and getting thrown around in multiple G's. Here's the thing, Jake. I heard that production had been stalled on this one because Tom Cruise wanted to stop production. Remember they had that uh, that teaser poster with Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> they stopped production on this bad boy. Okay, this is starring Miles Teller, Val Kilmer, Jennifer Connelly, Glenn Powell, and Ed Harris. They, it's going to have a $140 million budget. It's going to come out in 2020. Uh, they, they they stalled production. I don't know if this is true or not, but Tom Cruise wanted to learn how to fly a jet. Ha! I, I believe it. I do, too. I believe it. With all the stuff we know about how he takes the Mission Impossible stunts so seriously. And I, I, I believe it. He's not going to return to this role unless he's going <laughs> to legit do it, right? Yeah. Probably half the allure for him to do Top Gun 2 in the first place was learning to fly a damn jet. Yeah, but stopping production to like be like, hey, you know what? 
I, I want to learn how to fly one of these fuckers. That's a, that, that's crazy, dude. I don't care what you think about Tom Cruise, man. That's like, that's like, for me, he's like, I've compared him in the past to like Steve McQueen, who did like a lot of his stunts in like his old action films. Um, you know, like the great escape, like that whole motorcycle scene. That's, I think it's pretty much all Steve McQueen. It, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's crazy to think that we have an actor in this day and age who's like over fifty doing these kind of stunts, man. It's 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 a testament to like, you know, think what you will about Tom Cruise. It's a testament to like, you know, giving us practical effects and real action and real stunts. Yeah, he's definitely in a class of his own when it comes to like the physical action movies. And yeah, it is crazy that he halted production. I mean, all the people that you listed in this movie—that's a a lot of people that have a lot of busy schedules. So, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about, like, Jennifer Connelly and and Ed Harris and even John Hamm. Like, these, yeah, Miles Teller. Miles I mean, Teller, just the yeah. Whole, the whole list is honestly, yeah. like, jeez. They probably had to do a lot of backflips just to even get back on schedule. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Jake, I, I, I still think that you should watch uh, – Top Gun eventually. Definitely watch it before this movie comes out and then go see this in the theaters because this is going to be one to see, I think. Yeah, that'll be a fun experiment. It's fun to go back and watch those 80s movies that you just kind of yeah. never got a chance to see. Yeah, dude. Like, what was it? Like, not an 80s movie, but a movie that I totally missed out on was, uh, what was that Tim Allen movie? That fucking alien movie? Oh my god, I'm brain dead. With fucking this Alan. Is a Tim Allen movie. All I can think of is dumbass Santa Claus. Alan. <laughs> Dude, I love how you call it. You christened it the dumbass Santa Claus. <laughs> um, no, it was Alan Rickman, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. I had never seen that up until about two years ago, man. And, uh, like, cause I, I'm not a Tim Allen fan, you know, and, uh, but I gave it a chance and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. So some of those movies that I, it, it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts eventually on uh top gun, a movie that came out like fucking 35 years ago, what you're going to think about this movie. Yeah. I put the shit out of the eight bit Nintendo game. I'll tell you that. Much. Oh God. That fucking landing that fucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that game, dude. Fuck Top Gun. Top guys. Top Top Cunt. Top Gun. <laughs> Fuck that game. That game on Nintendo Entertainment System was garbage. Trying to land that fucking thing was impossible on that fucking uh, heli that helicarrier that uh, that that runway on that. Uh, Fucking yeah, we would just hit. Re we'd get to that part and just hit reset and do oh, the part over again. Terrible! Oh my god, that game was garbage. <laughs> Did you hear David Harbor came out and talked about Hellboy this past week? Did you read those quotes? No, I I saw some <laughs> buzz about that though. I the buzz I saw was that the franchise is completely dead now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd think twenty two million dollars in its box office run. Um. It had a, uh, yeet. <laughs> a, 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 yeet. It had a global run of forty million dollars, and it had a fifty million dollar budget. Apparently, so um, let's see. What did he say? He said, "This is oh, this is so sad. This is so sad." Oh he, no! He says, "We did our best, 
but there's so many voices that go into these things and they're not always going to work out. I did what I could do and I feel proud of what I did, but ultimately I'm not in control of a lot of those things. Um, he said, uh, uh, he goes, that being said, I, it also has major problems. I think as a rental or a movie, uh, that you see in an airplane, I, I think you'd be like, oh, that was fun because it's a fun movie. And I think it was unfairly bludgeoned as a result of these comparisons. Um, uh, comparing it to like Marvel movies and stuff like that. I, oh man, it just, I don't know. I, I feel so bad for David Harbour. I really do. Like, this is a guy that's been working in Hollywood for years and finally has gotten some like, you know, recognition with Stranger Things and, and finally gets to be a leading man here. Very, very comparable to Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman kind of like, you know, been doing a bunch of these parts, but Ron Perlman doesn't have that leading man face. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he gets to the leading man, but he's got to play a demon and the the son of Satan. And, uh, I don't know, man. I feel bad for Harbor, but man, it, it was a, it was a craptastic movie. It was terrible. Yeah, um, Harper wasn't going to be able to save this movie, no matter what he did, you know. So, uh, one one singular performance wasn't going to be enough to make or break this movie, you know. Yeah. You put any skilled actor in this role with that same script and that same director, and it's going to get a dog pile. So, yeah. I, I agree that I feel bad for Harper too. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't know. They should have just stopped, I guess. And there's no truth to this. Uh, uh, Netflix series, like I, I heard that uh, was another thing that was reported this week. Like, you know, like uh, oh, if you've ever heard a rumor about a Netflix Hellboy series, that ain't gonna happen. Like, ooh, uh, Hellboy's dead, people. It sucks. It sucks, but it's fucking dead. So, yeah, definitely for at least a decade, I would say. Let's move on into Marvel news. I'm not even gonna play the bumper. We gotta, we got we've been podcasting for hours now. We gotta wrap this shit up. Black Widow, did you hear about this rumor that it takes place not in the 90s? Uh, we're not getting Budapest. We're not, it, this is the rumor. We're not getting like this origin story that this Black Widow movie is actually gonna take place between Civil War and Infinity War. Yeah, I did read this. I found this very fascinating. I, I like that idea. What do you like about it? I'm like I I don't know. I, I, I like because I'm not as it's not as obvious what we're gonna see. I kind of feel like the prequel that everyone had predicted we're gonna get. Yeah, is very paint by numbers and obvious what the story of that would be, and what they're doing now feels like an easier way to use the movie to bridge new characters and situations into further Marvel movies. Mm. I don't know. Part of me, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm not discounting the movie. It still could be great. I, we haven't gotten shit. We haven't gotten anything from Marvel that's just been terrible, in my opinion, other than a couple movies. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I've, I always, I've always wanted the Budapest stuff with, uh, with Hawkeye. Yeah, I get that. <sighs> I don't know. I didn't need. I don't need to see any more Renner Hawkeye for a while. Honestly, you're getting a whole. It sounds like we're going to get a whole Disney Plus series Renner Hawkeye, man. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, we'll see. so, I mean, uh, as much as you don't want it, it sounds like we're going to get uh, possibly six to ten episodes of it. Yeah, yeah, potentially. We'll see how that goes. Um, I, I think um, Scarlett Johansson herself has just, um, like, if you she looks like an Iron Man 2 compared to what she looks like in Avengers Endgame. Uh, it's you know a lot of time has passed and she does look like a different person and I think it's always weird in these movies when we do the prequels and the person obviously looks older than when they look like in their newest incarnation. What are you talking so about, I think, dude? I just watched Captain Marvel where they made Samuel Jackson look like he did from 1994. Yeah, that's true, but they did it the, the whole point? movie too. It just seems like what's the point of doing that here, though, with your your lead actress? And if you do it in this time period... Because they've been talking about her Red Ledger for fucking 20-some movies. They've been talking about Budapest for, like, five movies, man. Like, that's the point of this. You know what happened, basically know what happened there, though. Like, I... Oh, I, come on. Like, I guess, I guess. I mean, maybe if they did, if they did give it to us, you know, the final product, we'd be like, oh, so that was Budapest? I get it. Like, what if it doesn't live up to all of our expectations? But it's like, like... the Clone Wars effect. But you're talking about, like, I'm saying, like, who's been f- fucking, you know... Flexing that uh, muscle of uh, we can de-age these characters and make like make them look as young as fuck. They could have they could have Scarlett Johansson looking the way that she did in Lost in Translation for all that we know. Like when she back when she was nineteen nineteen years old, man. They could have her young as hell. It seems like a bizarre move to do for your lead character. Like it's yet to been. Every time it's done, it's done with a side character. Or a B character in the movie, you know, it's it's not the main character. Of the movie is going to be D H for the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, not but, that it can't be done. Yeah, why would it need done? Well, I mean, I I was comparing it to Solo. Like they were going back, and uh, you know, we got to see uh, what's his face is Han Solo, and uh, you know, but they didn't D H him. I get it, but like, you know, I don't know. It just seems yeah, but like Solo Blue. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, for some people, it was, uh, you know, it was a massive disappointment for some people, but for some other people, it, they, some other people love that movie. So I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, uh, I felt like this was the opportunity for them to go back into the 90s and, um, show us what happened with her and, uh, Hawkeye. I, you know, I guess they didn't want to – Kevin Feige doesn't want to do a movie where she's a villain for some of it, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I guess we're not going to see that. That makes sense. We're not going to see that redemption story of Black Widow. I don't I don't mind this. I, I'm not saying, like, we had to get that story. We'll see what they give us here. This, there was there was a quite a bit of space that took place between Civil War and Infinity War. We're going to get to see what she did, what her mission was, what happened there. So that'll be interesting. I'm not discounting this movie. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I I, I, I am more excited to see this than... We already know what happened. I mean, we don't know the exact details, but she did bad stuff. She feels guilty for it. Yada, yada, yada. We saw her redemption. I'd rather see this kind of untold tale of Black Widow in the middle. Yeah, I, for me, it was like one of those things where like uh, if they do show like the origin and... Her, you know, 
being like this Russian assassin, uh, we could get some really, uh, some, I don't know, some really crazy action here, uh, like John Wick style. But they're not going to make this rated R. Let's be real. This is going to be PG-13. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. Was he, was, what, did you see this news about the new mutants this week? It came from Collider. The new mutants movie. They're going to complete reshoots for 2020 release. What was that? Oh, shit. Well, where'd you go? Wow, I got you back. Hey, welcome back, Jake. Welcome back to the show. Did I go away? <laughs> you did. It was like I was I was asking you a question, and I heard no response, so I kept vamping for a little bit, and then all of a sudden I'm I heard... I'm echoing now, too. Really? Let me hang up with you. I'll call you right back, and then we'll continue this discussion. All right, we're back. Yeah, technical difficulties, whatever. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. Yeah, oh, the Black I, Widow thing. Yeah, Black Widow. I, new Mutants movie. Uh, they're going to... Did you see this news that they're going to complete the reshoots this year and they're going to have it released next year? Yes, I did. Excited about the old New Mutants movie? I am glad we'll get to see some kind of final product for it. Nah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know. I, I'm just interested in the idea of possibly a horror genre superhero movie. Just, well, watch Brightburn, dude. I don't know. You guys did not make me want to watch Brightburn. Well, that's Chronicle again. Yeah, I don't know. Brightburn seemed just like a what-if Superman story, too. Yeah. It is. It is a what-if Superman story, 100%. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this, there's just so much with this, this, this new mutants movie, so much baggage that it was supposed to come out in 2018 for crying out loud, like April of 2018. And here we are still waiting for this fucking thing. It, it, I don't know. Like the, the luster, the shine of this movie has, is all but fucking worn off. Yeah, that's true. I don't think anyone this movie is not on anyone's radar that's not like in the know of like yeah. you know geek media right yeah I mean dude what's fucking crazy about this Jake is like was it like nearly two years ago we're in the theater and we're watching trailers for it <laughs> there were posters at AMC's at AMC theaters there were posters for New Mutants yeah I, I've never I can't think of any other movie like it where <laughs> it had this much delays before you actually saw the movie <laughs> Oh, so yeah, they're gonna film reshoots uh, sometime later this year, and, and that's uh, gonna be crazy too, right? I mean, it's been like these actors haven't been on set for like probably three plus years. Well, think about like the reshoots that they did for Fantastic Four, and like what was it the the actor that played Sue Storm? Like her wig in those reshoots were just terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the movie's good enough, sometimes they can handle those kind of like that kind of pressure, but. This is hardly uh, Return of the King. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, let's move on to the DC news. Uh, Joel Kinnaman was on Instagram, and he sounds like he's returning to the role of Rick Flagg in uh, The Suicide Squad, which is James Gunn's sequel to uh, Suicide Squad. I love this news because I thought he was great in the first film, so I, I'm happy to hear this news. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised. Um the more and more I heard about Suicide Squad, the more I thought we were completely ditching all of the old and doing all new. So nice to see there's, there's going to be a little bit of bridge. Yeah. Uh, Booster Gold script is finished, apparently, for DC. 
I don't know. Just because anyone of note write that. Uh, let's see here. Um, they go on to say. At the, uh, this is from Dark Horizons. At the time, TV's most prolific producer, Greg Berlanti, was attached to produce and potentially direct the project with Zach Stentz writing the script. Okay. Do you know of De- I- I'm not familiar with Zach Stentz. No, I'd have to Google it. Yeah, of course, uh, in the time since Warner's has retooled its DCEU strategy and opted to effectively ditch team-up projects in favor of standalones and left the booster in limbo. In March last year, Berlanti said the project was still moving forward, and now Stentz tells the Fanboy podcast this week uh, that he's finished the script, that it's been approved by those who have seen it, but the film still hasn't received a green light. So they have a they have a script, but they haven't approved the actual film and production, so they have no starting date and things like that. So uh, he goes on to say, I do not know what's going on with Booster Gold right now, and I don't know if the P- DC people know what's going on with it. Their strategy seems to change depending on how the most recent movie did. Wow. That's telling. Yeah, that is telling. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. I, Zach Stentz. Huh? I'm trying to Google it, but that's a hard name to... That's uh... uh, Stentz. S-T-E-N-T-Z. Okay. Found him. And what's uh, what's uh, old Zach Stentz known for? Huh, Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Shut up! Are you serious? No, yeah, hundred percent serious. Wow, Agent Cody Banks. And uh, are you a big fan of Agent Cody Banks, there, Jake? Never seen it. Never, never. seen it. I guess he helped write X Men: First Class and the first Thor as well. <laughs> okay, all right. So not all crap. Yeah, not all crap. Zach Stentz, Agent Cody Banks. Just, it's weird because Agent Cody Banks came out in like 2003, and then his like next writing credit is X Men First Class. So that, that he like got blacklisted after Agent Cody Banks. X Men First Class. So that was like 2011, right? Yeah. Jeez. So he did not do shit for a minute. Hey, what is he? I don't. Know, what do you think? Like, what is that? Like, is like, do they have a kid? A baby, like a child. Are we talking about Agent Cody Banks? (laughs) (laughs) I was taken aback. I believe he's just a teenager who is becomes like a James Bond by accident, right? No, I I was asking like, did Zach Spence have a child in the interim? Like, like what takes him away? Oh, good. Thank God you were asking me to explain. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want you to explain Agent Cody Banks. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. No. Fuck. It's not really interesting. If we're based okay, if we're going to believe that it, it, you know, the past DC movies performance uh is going to affect what they're doing in the future, I think the positive reception of Shazam should definitely give the green light to a booster gold film, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. I it that was well received, made pretty big bucks. Yeah. So, and I feel like booster gold it might be very tonally similar, honestly, too. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, early in the week, uh, there was a report that Robert Pattinson 
uh, and Nicholas Holt were going to screen test for the role of Batman. Uh, we then got news on Thursday from Variety that Pattinson has been given the role. Uh, the studio has approved the actor for the role, sources say, though negotiations are not yet finalized. As previously reported by Deadline, the Twilight franchise star has edged out Nicholas Holt for the coveted role after both actors were screen tested. Pattinson is now considered the official pick to take over the role from Ben Affleck, who starred as the Dark Knight. Uh, the studio reportedly intends to sign Pattinson for a three-picture deal. The next Batman film titled The Batman. So they're going back to this, man. They're wa- they're like waffling. They're, they don't know. Like I heard like it was called The Batman originally, and then I heard it was not called The Batman. Now they're, now now Variety Entertainment Weekly, excuse me, is saying that it is called The Batman. Um, but anyway, they go on to say it's directed by, it's a three picture deal. It's directed by Matt Reeves and reportedly opens with an origin story. Thus, the search for a younger lead. Reeves took over the project, blah, 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 blah. Jake, um, I never got your thoughts on Robert Pattinson, uh, possibly being, um, Batman. I recently watched a movie and I reviewed it on the show called High Life. Uh, Neil was on here last week, talked about Good Time, talked yeah. about The Rover, uh, two Robert Pattinson movies. I mean, I know you're probably familiar with him as Cedric Diggory, of course, from the Harry Potter film, and then you're familiar with him in the Twilight series. I don't know your relationship there, but like, what are you thinking, man? Robert Pattinson as Batman. I like the, um, I, I really like have to freeze it because I unfortunately haven't seen him in any of his more, you know, post Twilight roles. Yeah. Uh, I'm not disgusted by this casting by any means. And, and I, I'm not signing a petition to get him fired from this role um, because I very much do like the age range that they chose here. Like, I'm a big fan of that. So, and I have faith in Matt Reeves. I'm yeah. sure he definitely, you know, was part of this decision as well. And so if he thinks this is going to work, then I'm inclined to see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm like totally with you. I loved him in, uh, High Life. I thought he was great. I still got to watch Good Time. It's on my list. Got to watch it. I didn't need another 40 plus year old dude. Yeah. So this is cool. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Isn't weird that, uh, hold on, hear me out here. Robert Pattinson played a vampire in Twilight, right? Yeah. And our current Joker, not Joaquin Phoenix, but Jared Leto, is gonna be playing a vampire in Morbius the Living Vampire, coming from Sony. Yeah. Everyone's connected to bats. I know. Even outside of the the universe. Even outside the universe. Wow. Jakey just blew my mind. Robert Pattinson's like a reverse vampire. Would you call him Battinson or would you call him P- B- Patman? <laughs> Both are pretty good. I like Batterson. <laughs> Battinson. Yeah. Battinson. Yeah, Battinson. I'm trying to think of a good nickname for him. I hope he doesn't take a Shattinson. You know? <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Before we, uh, end, uh, the DC news, uh, and the Pattinson talk, um, this rumor came from Forbes. 
they said with multiple villains appearing in the Batman, I was told months ago that Penguin, Riddler, and possibly Catwoman are expected to appear, as well as other rogues and mobsters, and additional characters including Commissioner Gordon, Alfred, and potentially Robin. Yeah, I saw a lot of Robin uh, headlines today. Yeah. So I, I was surprised by that. Um, one thing about having the really young Batman slash Bruce Wayne, it made me think we would not be doing Robin right away. Right. No, I so, agree. Yeah. Yeah, hard saying. I mean, I always thought it would be a hard sell in the movies to have Robins as young as they were in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that's kind of what they'd have to do, I would think, if they were going to do Robin next to a Robert Robert Pattinson Batman. If the movie's called The Batman, I think that's what they should focus on in this movie. Like, you know, you can always, you've got time for Robin. Yeah, I agree. Even the idea of three plus villains yeah. is kind of scary to me. That yeah. sounds like they're burying the shit in one movie. The biggest rumor that I've heard, and we talked about it a couple episodes with uh, Rebecca and Dan Ramirez. Uh, was the Catwoman Penguin. That seems to have the most steam. Agreed. Now. Yeah. Especially the Penguin. Yeah. Damn. I know. I know. That's the kind of quality that you're going to hear <laughs> here every week, people. Um at last thing, Star Wars news, then we're going to wrap this shit up. Gone on too long tonight. Uh, got confirmation on a rumor about Rey in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, this past week saw a new rumor spring up about J.J. Abrams' Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, one that got quite a bit of traction. Many have been wondering if Abrams will use the film as a chance to retcon some of the uh, plot points Ryan Johnson uh, created with Star Wars The Last Jedi, one of which was that Ray's parents were revealed to be no one of note. The recent rumor, however, which began on the Making Star Wars Patreon podcast, suggests her father might have actually been Han Solo himself when he hooked up with someone after he and Leia split. Star Wars executive Pablo Hidalgo, head of the Star Wars Story Group, has shut down this report pretty succinctly now, saying on Twitter, that doesn't fit with the timeline. Han and Leia were together up until about five years before The Force Awakens, when it all went to hell, and Rey is 19. So, five years before that, Rey would have been 14. Han, Han would have had to have cheated on Leia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hidalgo is helping to craft the future stories of the franchise at Lucasfilm, and has proven to be a reliable source for shooting down dodgy reports in the past. Recently, Jake, he shot down the report. Remember um, that ship that we saw in the Rise of Skywalker trailer, the one that looked like the ship that dropped off Ray on Jakku? Yeah, I saw that, that he, he had tweeted that. Yeah, he yep. is very prolific on Twitter. Yeah. And not afraid to, just like you said, shoot down some of these dodgy theories. Yep, and he did it here. So um, he's basically saying that Ray is not the child of Han Solo. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. That was a rumor that was... Uh... Oh, no, I thought when we just had Force Awakens... That I remember arguing about this. I, yeah. I really felt like that was very hinted at, that that was a very 
possibility. Yeah, I heard you guys out on that episode, and like, I, I didn't see it when I watched the movie, but you guys were very adamant that like this could be a thing, and I was like, I was fighting against it. I'm not saying like, oh, I knew I was right then. I'm just saying like, oh, even then, I was never. It was never that I wanted that to be the case. I just felt like there was overtones of that potentially being. See, the case. yeah, I didn't even see it until like I'd watched the movie a few times, and then. Like, I was like, okay, I can kind of understand, like, why these guys think, like, this could be a possibility. So. Yeah, they just, some real, like, you know, they waited on some shots before cutting it and just some longing looks from Han and just a, an interest in her that seemed beyond, I just met you and I want to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Yep, I get it. So that rumor has been shot down by Pablo Hidalgo. Love that dude. He's fucking cool. You know he's a he's a Transformers fan, like a G one Transformers fan, Jake. Yeah, yeah, he is. I follow him on Twitter. He's fantastic. He's actually the guy that writes all of the um, like encyclopedia books, mm-hmm. like the DK encyclopedia books. He's the one who uh, is in charge of what you know, what pictures they use, and you know the actual write up of all the. He knows his shit. It's yeah. all the like all the small minutia that comes into all the different like Star Wars vehicles and weapons and he's just an expert on that like the tiny nerdy shit. Yeah. Follow uh Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter people. He's really he's cool. A, he's a great follow. He's really good. Yeah, you'll get some good shit out of that. That's all I got, Jake. I don't know. This episode was stupid. Yeah, it was a good time though. I had fun. Uh we talked about streaming services way too long. I, I blame myself, man. Ah, I don't I would. I thought that was one of the best parts of the episode. I mean, it, we were definitely all very. We talked about it that long because we were also engaged in the conversation. It's, I, dude. I think it's. I think it's like. A, I don't know. I'm fascinated by it. Like, like. Yeah, a fucking hour before that, we had Scott yawning. So don't don't no complain shit. About. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. I love Scott. I love Scott. I love him to death. And like, even on break, I was like, dude. I just I had to bring that up, and I had to blah 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 blah. You know, like the, I love Scott, but man. I don't know, man. There's something about trying to keep that energy level and trying to bring something to this. And, uh, you know what I mean? Jake, somebody. No, yeah. You gotta, you gotta fake it till you make it. Even if you're, you're not feeling it, man, you gotta put that show face on and <laughs> at least not try to spread it to the other people. Dude. Shame, shame, Scott. For, <laughs> for as much as like some people shit on me, like, for like you know this show and like how I am on this show and blah 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 blah, blah whatever, Jake, it, it dude, the, you gotta you gotta admit you gotta admit that it's not it, the, it it's not an easy thing to maintain a high energy level for five to six hours like we do and we do no it. no we, try. we could easily just turn into fucking drones by the end yeah. Of this. Dude, yeah, yeah, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I agree, and I mean, you're right. I mean, that shit is contagious. I'm not gonna lie. Thirty seconds after Scott yawned, I was hitting mute and yawning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, here we go." Oh man, so. yeah, dude. I was like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get it, man. Like, I was thinking, like, is my Elko's in? Review that terrible, Jay? <laughs> yeah. The timing of it also was pretty brutal. <laughs> like you're like pouring your heart out about how much emotion and I know. You know from you got from this Tupperware anime that you kinda didn't even know where you're gonna get from and then Yeah. Scott was not gonna pass the uh, quiz about 
what you had said about that that movie. That's for sure. <laughs> well, Jake, I applaud you, sir, for staying awake with me this entire time. Yeah, man, I'm good to go. I, I'm honestly probably still going to be up for a couple hours. I, I'm starved, though. Yeah, get something to eat. Get some food in your belly. And you know what, Jake? Uh, we're going to come back next week with episode 287. And I think we're going to be talking Dark Phoenix. But you know what? I don't think it's going to be a 100% Dark Phoenix episode. I think we're going to do a... Dude, I don't, I don't think Dark Phoenix deserves its own episode. Yeah, I, I kind of co-sign that. I don't. Um, I it would don't. just be a big two-hour shit show. Yeah, I do not think it deserves its own two-hour episode. I really don't. I think, like, I'm going to see what other news comes out. And there's actually some shows coming out and stuff and movies coming out that I want to talk about other than Dark Phoenix. I'm not going to, like, you know, these last few Fox Marvel movies have deserved their own episodes with, of course, Apocalypse and, and uh, you know, we did uh, Days of Future Past. Um, but I, we might give 30 minutes to this movie. Yeah, I agree. We probably won't do another movie solo episode. I imagine it's all far from home. Far from home. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. You know what, Jake? Just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags. <laughs> I was not expecting you to go into that, but I applaud it. <laughs> I'm ready to end this shit too. Man. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> And just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 287. See ya! Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before And we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Pop, 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 pop
it good it is. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. I'm cool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.